0: Today's episode is brought to you by Reef Builders, winner of Best of How's, five years running. Reef Builders is a Tempe, Arizona-based, full-service design-build construction company. What's a design-build company? It means you deal with one company for everything. Reef Builders is able to take your vision and bring it to life by drawing your plans, producing photorealistic, high-resolution 3D renderings of your kitchen, baths, and more, helping you design and pick your finishes, and finally, executing that vision. With their years of building experience and a superior client experience, using tools such as online project management software through their client portal that allows you to see your renovation in real time. Whether you're in town, on vacation, or living in another state, you have access to job progress photos, your build schedule, financials, and much more anywhere in the world. So if you're looking for a complete bath or kitchen renovation, a complete home renovation, a custom home designed and built, or a boutique commercial project built out, Reef Builders can deliver it. Reef Builders. Your vision, their experience, delivered. right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Make the Difference. Uh, Today's topic is going to be probably uh, somewhat... Uh, Emotionally charged by some people, uh, maybe not by us, but by some people uh, It's gonna have it has to do with everything that's surrounding the state of um, The United States and what we're going through the George Floyd stuff um, The racial uh, issues that are going on All that stuff is gonna be geared around this conversation today, so hang in there Have an open mind, um, you know, be willing to listen to other perspectives Uh, We have Roy Lewis who is a returning guest he was on episode two uh he i think is he's today. the
1: first returning guest <laughs> is he I, yeah. I don't know how that worked out yeah <laughs> yeah uh, must yeah, be you, the giant <laughs> royalties yeah. you can
0: you, you can collect your giant pencil as, <laughs> as, <laughs> as, my participation ribbon. Yeah, exactly as leave today and then we have another public safety member um, uh tim gamage jr uh you're the second
2: yeah, on the second.
0: Okay, yeah, the second. He's here today to give his input. He is a captain, uh, soon to be a chief someday. Uh, even though know he wants to deny that shit, he'll 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 be a chief. He's also uh, heavily involved in a affinity group with one of the local f- uh, fire departments called jw robinson so he'll be able to speak to that of course we have myself and chris stewart back in the room again chris is playing the role of resident white guy ginger today yeah so he have, fully <laughs> owning it. yeah he will have that perspective on playing the role of filipino portuguese super mutt and i'll, and I'll play that i'm anyways. just glad That's you well. said i had
1: hair yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: so uh, without further ado roy wants to say hi and then we'll turn it over to tim and let him kind of Tell us uh, his background because everybody knows yours. And if you don't know his background, then listen to fucking episode one and you'll figure it
3: out. There we go. Appreciate you guys, man. Thanks for having me back. Looking forward to uh getting down to some uh some good conversation today. So some real talk. Some real talk. <laughs> I like it. Good <laughs>
2: hey, Tim. Uh okay, thanks for having me on. Um first off, like you guys said, I'm Tim. Uh Timothy edward Gamage the second is the government name, but Anyway, uh I'm, junior. Everybody yeah. calls you junior. Huh? <laughs> I'm uh born and raised second generation, Phoenix, Arizona. Um Southside? So, uh so that's part of my story actually. We're right. kinda I'll shut the fuck we, up. We we moved around quite a bit, but uh anyway, my both my mom and dad are born and raised here as well. Uh, both my grandmothers are from Oklahoma and both my grandfathers are from Texas. Uh, I think my story starts with my parents' story, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna start there. Cool. Uh, you guys know my dad, so we'll start with him. He was, uh, born and raised here, like I said, grew up, originally was born and was being raised around 27th Avenue in Washington. Uh, right near the capital, there uh, he is, one of sixteen kids. He's number nine. He calls himself the uh, first of the second half. <laughs> um, so, so he's the middle child. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's a nice way of saying he's fucked up. The back <laughs> middle child. So he's
2: got uh, eleven brothers and four sisters. There was the first girl was number two, and there wasn't another girl till. Let's see, he's 9, 11, or 12. So his male-dominated household. That original house was a two-bedroom, one-bath. It might be 1,100 square feet. Um, And then they moved to South Phoenix, like 48th Street in Sunland, which is just north of Southern. Yep. pretty unique neighborhood. You guys actually know a lot of people from that neighborhood. Uh, so he grew up with Galen Bass, uh, L Buntin, um, BJ Denard's father lived in that neighborhood. John Zanotti. Uh, you
0: know? <laughs> no, know where he Zanotti didn't. <laughs> but,
2: <laughs> but they love him in
0: that neighborhood. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, yeah so he he grew up in a huge family my uh grandmother stayed home super religious household church of god in christ she was my grandmother was real big in that she's was known around the state in that uh, denomination and because my family's so big pretty much wherever i go especially if there's black people in the room they 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 may not know me but they know my uncle, cousin, et cetera. Um, my mom lived in the same house her whole life. She lives right by Admin, uh, 17th Street. I think Jackson is the first street south of Jefferson. Is yes. that correct? Yep. So she was uh Madison, 17- Yeah, Madison, Madison and Jackson, right. yep. Uh, 1707 East Madison. Okay. Uh, so I I grew up going to East Lake Park often. Yeah, is that the, just
1: east of East Lake? Uh, yeah, it's yes. just east of yeah. East Lake yeah, and, and Pilgrim's Street, Rest, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. So I uh, spent a lot of time there, going to the pool and stuff. Uh, my mom has three sisters and a brother. Uh, like I said, she lived in that household her whole life. Went to East High. My dad went to Tempe High. All his siblings afterwards went to corona. My mom and dad met through uh, my dad's best friend whose name is Melvin Turner which is my mom's cousin. Um, uh, I think they met when my dad was a senior or something like that. They had me at 23. My dad said I changed his life, got him focused. You guys know him now. He's a serious dude, and that's how I know him, to be honest with you. But like a lot of us, he was a little wilder growing up. Uh, So I was born in 84. We first lived in that first house that he grew up in, actually, when I was born. And uh, for most of my basically before he got on the job he worked at Fleming Foods loading trucks so he was used to getting laid off used to shitty ass jobs with low pay he didn't have an education he, he, I think he said he went to community college when he first got out of high school and he said he had to decide whether he wanted to eat or go to school and he liked to eat so yeah. that's what he did right. uh, I would have to agree with that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> myself uh a little bit taking a step back to his upbringing, my grandfather uh owned a uh the valet parking at- Co- the phoenix country club oh Jesus interesting so he had all those boys, so they were the valets and from that, my dad actually he drove for this guy named mr. creighton for a while and and other other rich people that went to the phoenix country club right. so um, I, one of my earliest memories is actually driving with him one day, uh, on his route and, and whenever you got to hang out with, for me personally, with, with my dad by myself, I got one other brother who's two years younger, uh, I just have a lot of memories from those moments, whether it was when he was, you know, coaching me and it would just be me and him and, uh, stuff like that, but... Let's see. Man.
0: You got to go back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been so, in that seat. I get memory it. Memory yeah.
2: lane. When I was in kindergarten, we lived by Christown Mall. I don't remember the exact address, but uh, and this, we'll probably, we can talk about this in regards to why we're here today a little later, but we lived there till I was in second grade, and then we moved to like 71st and Encanto, just north of uh, Phoenix Fire Station 44. Lived there till fifth grade, then we moved to South Phoenix, 22nd, or 23rd and uh, uh southern just north of station 39 so he gets on the job when you guys are still sorry yes by Christown mall okay i that's actually one of my early memories too never see my dad get super excited and uh i don't know if he got a phone call or it was a letter I think back then they sent smoke signals, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he was uh, the
0: horses had to show up too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he was jumping up and down. Uh, my dad tested four times, so and he didn't get hired till thirty-one. Um, what year was that? Ninety-one. 91. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was, I was he was seven. a class ahead of me because they were red shirts that we,
1: that uh, we, we his red his class we replaced them as red shirts. Keep it around long time too. Yeah, and and we we could tell he was older than us because he was uh, definitely not a dumbass kid like the rest <laughs> of us that got hired. As he looked yeah. at
0: you with disgust or take it to yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, you could tell he was actually a grumman. <laughs> and and he did
2: red shirt, which I don't know how he did it because he had two kids and a wife. Should I remember? They were just barely hiring enough for. To, yeah. make, to make the red shirts I remember going to uh, He parked his van at 24 And I had an uncle His eldest brother That lived just west of there In one of those cul-de-sacs On Virginia Yeah And uh, I, I remember My parents only had one car So we'd, ha- we'd have to go pick them up every day But I I don't know how he fucking red shirted And we still, you know Ate every day Was it good. just Was it was it just you, or did you have your brother? My
1: brother okay. is two years younger okay. than me, so he was time.
2: five at the time. You don't eat much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you guys were teenagers. You fucked. Uh, so after, uh, actually, in the middle of fifth grade is when we moved to uh, back to the south side, twenty second and southern, and then we moved to Tempe. Uh, Which, I I hated it. Uh, So I grew up in West Phoenix and South Phoenix before this, which was predominantly Hispanic and black. And there were white kids, but not a ton. And I remember... uh, Gangsters Paradise, it just came out. Julio, baby. When I was in, uh, is that what the movie's called, or is that the song? That's the song. Uh, what yeah. was the movie called? Uh, what is the movie? From Dangerous Minds. Dangerous Minds. Yeah. Oh, okay. I hated that. Stay fucking movie. I'm on the board for Roy because <laughs> I go to Tempe. I'm around all these. What
0: part of Tempe? That's I was funny. near you, hey, Marcus, but I and went to
2: I went to KMS. I went to KMS too. Okay, so yeah. I was uh. I lived on Beldemar and Rural. I lived right on Beldemar and Terrace. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we were fucking fighting neighbors. I was in the, we were in those condos. Yeah, me too. Yeah,
0: yeah, yep, for sure. So, uh, north side or south side of Beldamore? Uh Brown ones or the tan ones? South. Yeah, I was in those two okay. for Okay,
2: 6841 South Gentilly was the address.
0: Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember the address, but yeah, we, we were right there.
2: So uh, we moved to Tempe and that movie came out and all these, uh, all these white kids are singing the fuck out of "Gangsters Paradise." And I just hate this song, just just because of that. Music is and a universal language, man. Right. Uh, and I'm, I what was I, eleven or twelve at the time? I,
0: you know, we. We, we didn't pissed, have a... What pissed you off about it? Yeah, did you know I why don't even at the know. time? You're just like, that's my fucking song? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like
2: and especially looking back now, all I know is that I hated that. I can't remember why. <laughs> why? <laughs> right, right, But, uh... It's stuck, obviously. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so... I just wonder if it's like it's something else that you guys are trying to take from us. You know, <laughs> kind of something like that. It could have been you know that, know I mean? you like, know? Fuck, we can't even have that. Yeah, so...
2: But, uh you know i we moved there 11 or 12. i hated it f- at first i didn't have so i got such a big family i didn't really have i remember having one friend really <laughs> to be honest you had with you. Right. yeah i yeah. just hung out with my cousins like right. you guys know evan and steve yeah, yeah. Right. so steve and i are the same age and evan is the same age as my younger brother so okay. growing up we were real tight and i got a few other cousins that i was close with yeah. uh, but we go to ten I hate it. You know, we get get through middle school. It was fine. Middle school is a tough age anyway. I well, think that's when right. that's when, especially boys, we become assholes and mm-hmm. all that shit. People used to make fun of the way I talked. I got in a couple fights because of that. Imagine that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm over it now. I'd be i in trouble on the job. Oh, everybody up.
0: <laughs> but uh But they're busting the kids in from Guadalupe it's still back there. Yeah.
2: So there was a decent uh Hispanic yeah. population there, but not very many brothers, probably no, a handful. There's a lot more because there are a lot of kids coming around the mountain or whatever Catch to go you. there. But
0: uh But aren't even the Mexican kids being like very segregated.
2: Yeah, they they were, for sure. Separate Uh, bus, separate things, separate everything. Even at lunch and stuff, they were, yeah, for sure.
0: The only time they were together at lunch is on the basketball court. Wow. (laughs) True indeed. Yep. I remember all that.
2: So uh, going to high school, I lived in Marcos's Boundaries, but I think I said this earlier, all my uncles after my dad went to Corona. Bad choice. And uh, (laughs) my dad's like, you're going to Corona and I didn't make any decisions as a kid it was yeah you know my dad run and mom run a pretty tight ship right. like the people talk about the yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am shit and like that's literally how it was in my house and I haven't been in too many other places where they run it like that uh
0: it's either yes so yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am or backhand yeah <laughs> you got five choices kid with the back of this fucking hand
2: so i wanted to go to marcos yeah but i'll go to corona and again Two totally different worlds yeah so corona at the time was the biggest high school population wise in the state um really yeah Yeah, my graduating class was just under 700. My brother, who was two years behind me, his class was over 1,000. So there was just under 4,000 kids. And back then, Corona was also the only school in the Tempe Union District that you had to live in the boundaries to go there. Mm -hmm. You couldn't, uh, the other schools, if you wanted to go, you just applied and went. Tim,
1: for reference, what years are
2: we talking about So, here? I'm in high school from uh, 98 to 02. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fall of 98 to spring of 02. Was Mr. Mazel still there? He was. He was my basketball coach. Yeah, he
0: was my English teacher at okay. Craig Junior High.
2: He was a nice guy. Uh, sorry if you're listening to this coach, but <laughs> he was not a good coach.
0: <laughs> He's the head coach for a little while, right? He was. Yeah. He
2: followed Sam Dwayne. That's uh, what it was. Was which sucked for him. but Yeah, and you obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: didn't help you out any.
2: So uh, I go to Corona. Um, I had to catch the city bus to get there because there was no buses to get there, or I rode my bike and even walked from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shit, I remember freshman basketball, we had to practice at like 5 a.m., so I'm waiting at the bus stop, and my mom didn't work, but she wasn't going to take me. <laughs> it's fucking 5 a.m., bro. No, well, she early, wasn't going to pick me yeah. up from school, nothing, and let me do that with my kids, and she would be talking all kinds of shit. <laughs> but anyway. That's perfect. Uh, oh, so man. I'm waiting at the bus stop for at 5 a.m. for basketball practice, and the bus drives right past me. Oh. And I'm like, so I start running. I catch him, or he sees me and he's like, you need to wear dark or brighter clothes. So I'm like, you're not gonna say sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right? like, A bus driver? Know? Come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> like it was my fault. But uh after freshman year, I finally get used to my environment. Uh and I didn't finish my thought on career. So biggest school in the state, um, LeBron Dennis was there. Our lockers were actually next to each other freshman year. Uh, There were probably... So, we'll say there's 4,000 kids. There's maybe 20 blacks.
3: In the entire school?
2: In the entire school, (laughs) yes. Oh, man, first period. (laughs) (laughs) So, you got the basketball team, obviously. (laughs) And uh, my brother, LeBron Dennis, and... You know everybody. Five other guys. (laughs) You know everybody. And girls. Yeah. Wow. But I had... It was good. Like, I'm grateful for my upbringing because I... Especially with what we do, it forced me to be able to fit in and get along in any type of environment. From, From Maryville to South Phoenix to the mansions around Tempe, I can... I can communicate with either group. I can get along with either group and you know, find a way to fit in. Uh I
0: pretty smooth high school trip.
2: Yeah, you know, I I I ended up and I don't know how to say this without sounding like a douchebag. I'll just That's say okay. it, and we'll I'll, I'll probably it. sound like a douchebag. Right. We do it all the time. Know, I, <laughs> we've gotten used to it. I was, <laughs> uh, cool. I was homecoming king.
0: Ooh. I was captain
2: on my football team, like. basketball team. That's like, not saying much for Corona football. little <laughs> 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 no, rivalry, jazz, I like it.
0: <laughs> basketball, different story. But, uh,
2: you know, I, I blossomed or whatever, and, you know, I had fun. I, I liked my high school experience. Uh went to the University of Arizona after that. Uh yeah, bear down. McGauss
0: North. <laughs> North is what we refer to that as. I uh, <laughs> Got all kinds of rivalry going on in here. Yeah, you no, see.
2: So as you guys obviously know now I'm a firefighter, but going going to U of A, I had been on this job was Plan maybe C, probably D or E. Uh I wanted I did well in school. Shot real high. Huh? <laughs> 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 I uh wanted to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I grew up real strict. Uh shit, I'm leaving something out. Uh so I was gonna go to Naval Academy. Sorry. We need to step yeah, back. Yeah, we need to talk uh, about yeah. that. And uh like, April of my senior year, I was like, I'm not fucking doing that. I was tired of being told what to do. There you go. But I hadn't applied to any other schools. I applied to West Point, Naval Academy, and Air Force Academy. And Naval Academy was my first choice. I went there for a summer program after my junior year. Um, any other
1: family, Tim? Uh, any other military folks
2: in your family? Yeah, so... uh this and we should talk about this later as well but my grandfather was on the USS Franklin uh okay. uh in the navy during world war 2 um which which uh got blown up i don't remember by who and he was in the water for quite a while the story is told yeah. or was told to me uh so shit, I'm lucky to be here, you know, right? It's powerful. And uh anyway, uh my my eldest uncle was in the army, I believe, but other than he was the only one of my dad's siblings and I don't think there was anybody on my mother's side that that served in the military. Originally what uh got me on it is I watched the Air Force Academy football game. And I wanted to play college football real bad, but I, uh, <laughs> I'm the only black guy you guys know that's slow and can't jump. <laughs> and you're too
0: tall for the wind. I too. know. Yeah. <laughs> I actually know quite a few of those. So, yeah. so
2: anyway, I was like, yeah. I can go play there, and and I don't know how I got on Navy, but that was my original intent. But I didn't want to be told what to do for another...
0: Seven years yeah. or more. More more, depending yeah. upon your job. That's a big How did commitment? that conversation go
1: with
2: mom and dad? Uh, My dad was gung-ho on me going there because it would have been free, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, you know? Yeah, I get that. My, my mom... And it's an incredible education. Yeah, And you're with absolutely. an incredible network of people, all
1: that other stuff. And
2: it's the, the military... Like that was the first place I went for that summer program where I met people from all around the country which was cool. You know, different accents all that shit. It was yeah. it was a good yeah. time, but uh my once I changed my mind they were cool with it. it you know, uh I don't remember them trying to talk me out of it or whatever. So uh anyway, I applied to the in-states. I hate the cold, so NAU is out. <laughs> Uh And I end up at U of A because I wanted to get away from home, but not too far. I yep. like it. And I actually and that's hated where the medical school was, first right? as well. Yeah, because yeah, yes. that's a yep.
0: and that's a highly fucking Greek ran college. Yeah, yeah. So
2: so funny enough, I was actually in the fucking engineering fraternity. <laughs> right. Really? Yeah, With my people, Theta Tau. Theta- <laughs> Ta. Yeah, <laughs> I was a biomedical engineer, engineering major <laughs> when I started. I fucked fucked off my first year, you know, my second semester. <laughs> Tell us got Tell no us it was so. like yeah. the status quo. So, <laughs> and uh I got a job at the bank at some point and I was like I don't want to fucking work in an office. Teller? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great college job to oh, be yeah, honest with good. you. Tuition reimbursement. Uh my coworkers were all college students. They were all cool work around uh, your school schedule. Yeah. I worked for Bank of America as a teller for okay. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But uh about 3 months. I didn't want to be in an office. So, my dad was like, "Hey, we're doing a bunch of hiring. You should check this out." And I did a ride along and I was like, "Oh, I can do this." So, yes, I grew up around the job, but my dad like he wouldn't let us go to the station. Right, he was at one for a while. Yeah, one was was fucking, oh yeah. Space yeah. meet guys. So he <laughs> didn't us. He, he was a, a firefighter worker. on engine too when I was yeah. firefighter uh, on B shift. He was on C shift and I was okay. on B shifts. So yeah, he yeah. he would every now and then let us go up there and he'd cut our hair and then we would leave. <laughs> but like all the famous guys from one they talk about. I put that in quotations for the people listening. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh famous. I don't, like... Infamous. Lady. I didn't know Fred Demas. Interesting. I didn't know... The only guy I remember, I remember uh, Charlie Baker. I remember Tim Smothers, Bob Entz, and that's it. So I think that's those all the, his crew, 2 right? people. Yeah, yeah, those are his crew. But, yeah, I... I didn't I didn't grow up around like I didn't know shit about the job until yeah. I started testing. I didn't know shit about it after the
0: first year. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. I can fully appreciate that statement, man. So
1: who uh who helped you kind of the most once you once you said, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a go. My dad, Your for dad, sure. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well he yeah. coached
2: you forever too, right? He did. Uh so my whole Grade school, life, whether basketball or football, I grew up being coached by him and some of my uncles. Uh, and it was a no-nonsense, like I said, yes, sir, no, sir. Uh, there were real consequences for mistakes. Um, Usually the hand <laughs> or the fist. He uh, And he, and I'm grateful for it. It sucked growing up, but, mm-hmm. like, if you fucked up... <laughs> And hoop for it. so in basketball he coached me, my brother Evan, Steve, and a bunch of my other. It was a team full of gamages and some <laughs> some people. So my and the whole team. And we need a few and more. So, oh man, <laughs> Thomas. So my here. mom had a '94 Ford Escort,
0: which real big car, not a cool fits car five people. Yeah, yeah. right.
2: He probably don't want me saying this but then I mean, need to say we it fit is. we fit the whole basketball team uh, in that car that We awesome. had people sitting in the it was a station wagon one so people yeah. in the back were running no seat belts
0: uh, totally normal back then
2: and yeah and if you fucked up like he wasn't gonna not talk about it he he was a a long car ride yeah <laughs> i <I'm in> there <laughs> and you know he it's like he memorized the whole game in his head and so a lot of like my not wanting to fuck up was that you know you don't want to disappoint your dad or Absolutely. whatever yeah so, right.
1: disappointing was probably
2: harder than getting in trouble as for example uh so i lifeguarded in high school i didn't grow up Swimming. Besides, you know, I know <laughs> yeah, I knew right. how to swim, but I didn't know how to no, life really journey. swim. swim, swim. Yeah. <laughs> so he works with Keith Smith, who is a manager for City of Chandler, uh, uh, pools. And uh Keith tells him they're hiring. The pay was like seven sixty-seven an hour, which was really good yeah. for a high school job. I think minimum mm-hmm. wage was. Either high fours or low fives, and uh, I go to lifeguard training. And the first thing you do is swim 500 yards. Oh my goodness! And I don't know how to fucking swim. <laughs> 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 I
0: don't even want to run that's, 500 yards. That's, that's, a, that's a long way. Yeah.
2: So I'm. It's it's Ain't literally to pool, this too. day the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. 50 meter pool. Which I it was uh, 25 okay. yards. Yeah. Uh, uh, which sounds stupid, but it was literally the hardest thing <laughs> I've ever done. And I, I remember you. swimming and I'm like, I want to quit so fucking bad. And I was like, there's no way I can go home <laughs> and be like, dad, <laughs> <laughs> I quit. uh, I couldn't do it. I quit. Oh. And that's what made me do it. Right. Uh, and and that's the second best job I've ever had. That that job was legit. Uh, good looking girls. Yeah.
0: Sit on your ass good. all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like being a fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Three things that are uh, undefeated: women, water, and gravity. <laughs> yeah. So water almost got you. But yeah, so
2: he he coached us hard. He and he still. You guys obviously don't know him like I know him, but when he's passionate, he's, and he got on me the other day because he felt like I, uh... and I did, I I came at him, it was on some work stuff, and I said my opinion like I would in front of somebody that isn't my dad, but he still expects a certain level of respect, which he deserves, so you were there for that probably, yeah, he talked to me after that. <laughs> Kinda of talking to him. <laughs> anyway. All right. uh, so I decide I want to get on. Uh, a lot of my, w- hopefully I have a good work ethic, um, but a lot of it comes from him. Uh, he's the one that helped me through the process. He was a captain at the time, and you know he was cleaning bathrooms with me. He was doing the the stuff the booter does with me and he was a captain at that station. So uh, that's something that I try to do do now or whatever. But I tested twice. The first time I didn't get hired, which was cool. It actually worked out for me. I got to finish school. Um, that second test, I graduated in May. I got my call on June 25th. I know the date, because that's one of my good buddy's birthdays. And I, I remember, uh, It was like 5 o'clock. We're supposed to go out for my buddy's birthday. I hadn't got a call yet. I'm like, damn it, I got to keep working at the fucking bank. (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm, I'm pissed. (laughs) And I'm driving uh, east on baseline towards Tempe. Uh, Chief Tobin called me. And I pulled in that Circle K that used to be on the northeast corner of 40th Street and Baseline. Mm-hmm. They moved it across the way, mm-hmm. but uh, got my call, and you know, now I'm here. Uh, uh, and I I struggled too. That's at the and Brandon, you probably remember me from pre academy. I was probably one of the worst dudes out there when I started.
0: I don't remember uh, you, so that means you're probably middle of the pack. The real shitty guys I remember and the real good guys I remember. So you're probably middle of the pack.
2: Well, I felt like I was the worst. <laughs> uh, and I'm not used to not being successful right and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, not successful in what way? Like, printouts. I may not necessarily be the best at everything I do, but I'll be towards the top. Right. It's know? a different kind of work. Yeah, know? it is. It's a different kind of work. Especially sure. when you had never. It's not like like what they do, what they have to do now to get on the job, in my opinion, is harder than what I had to do. Like yeah. they got to be around it a little longer now. Uh, they are expected to know how to take plugs and do a bunch of other shit. Uh,
0: maybe not expect it, but it's. It seems like more guys have the certs.
2: Yeah, because Mo- there's definitely more one and twos. Yeah, I didn't
0: know shit. Yeah, like, going yeah. in like what? Yeah. So so I don't know. Like you. I'm, 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 I'm a hundred percent evidence that you can teach any dummy to be a firefighter.
2: Yeah. So the grip strength was a big thing for me. Everybody. Nobody talked about it with me before I, you know, they were like, get on this Stairmaster, lift weights, which I went and did. And, uh, then I, I show up to that first day of pre-academy. Is it the ladder? It was literally fucking Excellent. everything. Excellent. Hammer,
0: yeah. ladder. I'll,
2: I'll tell you my first <laughs> day of pre. This was another one of those I'm swimming moments. <laughs> <laughs> and uh anyway, so we do. We're doing pre academy. I'm sucking it, except for I could do the stairs because my cardio was awesome. Right. And I was, I'm 165 pounds at this time as well, and I'm six three. So I was skinny as fuck. (laughs) Massive. I only (laughs) had 10 pounds on you in the academy. (laughs) You know the feeling. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So uh, we we do the two rounds of skills course, and then we would go into the weight room. This is the first day. And we're power cleaning. And I think I had on like 95 pounds, which is nothing, right? And I go to... You know, s- squat down, and I go to just stand up to, and the weight just falls out of my <laughs> hands. <laughs> and you, you know, little giants, when he's talking to his hands, you get like <laughs> <you're strong, man. laughs> like, what the fuck? So we take some weight off, and we put on uh, twenty. Same fucking thing happens, and I'm getting fucking embarrassed now. You know, right? Hell yeah, I got a lot of pride. Maybe I shouldn't, but I do. And then we put on 10. I end up fucking power cleaning <laughs> the bar. Start somewhere. Uh, which right. yeah. we can laugh at now, but at imagine time, that being ain't funny. that guy. Right. That that ain't funny. Probably,
0: funny. We were probably laughing the back then too, but not yeah. but not right no, That ain't funny at <laughs> the yeah. time. So yeah. I'm
2: like, and then, you know, I got a large family. I'm like, I represent my dad and I'm over here looking like a fucking pussy. This <laughs> is you know, it's that
3: self talk, yeah. yeah. I've been there, we've been there before. Uh, so,
2: but I'll, I'll tell you who helped me the most, which a lot of guys have a hard time with. Is the second week I went, I go with Dean Murphy. Oh, yeah, and you know, you guys know Dean, but he's like this out of his mind, yeah, stereotypical a shifter. Which, for those that aren't on our fire department are the superheroes of the job. Oh, yeah, he's in the textbook. He's yeah. in the dictionary of a shift. <laughs> I book. respect that, it's, I, dude. It's him and Kenny him. Oh, like he trick. was
0: always <laughs> willing to put in the work. Yeah. Always. Oh, he ain't scared, and it's not an act either. No, completely he out of his it. fucking mind, but always willing to put
2: in the work. So I sucked again, but uh, Dean Murphy says, Tim, come by my station, uh, any A-shift, and I'll do a skills course with you. So every A-shift, I would go to 54, and... Uh, do a skills course with him. And, uh, you know, you just keep doing it. You get better. Trips. Then yeah. I was, You're used to turn out. You the work.
0: Yeah. Figure out where you can cheat. All that shit. <laughs> <There> <laughs> you, figure you, you Pick
2: up a couple of breaths. All that mm-hmm. stuff. So, uh, yeah, Dean Murphy and I, I work out with turf at turf paradise with them from time to time. Oh, nice. Uh, people probably wouldn't think but we actually have a pretty good relationship like he's somebody i i call from time to time to check on and and uh when we're working together ask advice and stuff like that so i i he give him really, a lot really of likes for,
1: playing that role uh, you being able to fulfill that role for yeah. guys that's, that's i just that's worked kinda with awesome.
0: that's awesome i just worked with this kid with with uh with blake he's oh. got the sickness too yeah not as bad not as bad, yeah. Not as bad for Blake sure. Blake can get after it though. Oh yeah, he's Earth not scared. Nope, too. nope. Yeah. You know the kid that came through that program, tough as nails. Not real big, but tough as nails. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, uh, yeah. And after after pre pre academy, those first few weeks, there hasn't been really anything else on the job that where I was like. Fuck. Where I felt <laughs> fucking inferior or whatever. Yeah, so. question your
0: decision. Yeah, it's always good though to get humbled. You it, know? It, yeah, it, it is. Check yourself, sure. and then uh-huh. you're like, okay, yeah, I got some work to put in. But yeah. a month later, you're dialed in and ready to go.
2: And and it's good too because I like that always stays with me, right? So the moment I think I'm whoever, hey Tim, you used to be here. So, so. and I work with a lot of guys getting them. And girls trying to help them out, get hired and stuff. And, and I tell them, hey, I know what it's like to fucking suck. Yeah. Uh, so as long as you're willing to commit and keep working, I'm here with you. I think people so, got to be
0: okay with the fact that where they start isn't where they have to finish. You right. know what I mean? Not, not, not everybody's great at everything the first time, as long as you're willing to work your ass off, you'll get better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Failure is kind of an important part of the process. It's always been. I think
3: the ironic thing, Tim, is I remember distinctly, vividly, you telling me that as I went through one of my first <laughs> or second uh, skills course, We used to work out at the academy mm-hmm. on Wednesdays, and he's like, You grab it with this, the grip strength of, you know what? He said, Work on that grip strength. And that was one of the things that I, it was just, it's just funny to hear that that was one of your, yeah, kind it's of. everybody's.
0: Yeah, it's everybody's. Yeah, hmm. even Tuck, <laughs> even Big Tuck,
2: Big Tuck. But yeah, uh, job-wise, I booted at 24, 16, and uh, 9, 10 for uh, Doug Graham, Nick Manzanaris, and Crystal Rosanico. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug Graham's another guy that. I'm happy that my introduction to the field was a guy like him, because uh, he did everything the right way. Whether it's t- treating internal and external customers, uh, training, uh, giving a fuck, whatever you want to talk about. From what I've seen from from him, he he did everything the right way. Sixteen sucked because we ran two calls a shift. <laughs> My, my engineer was a fucking asshole. <laughs> uh, we won't mention any names. No, we're going to have to talk uh, about that first because the Rolodex was, is going through my head. Uh, uh, and 910 was cool. Got to work for Crystal Razonico. Um, She took good care of me. I had a good time over there. Did my rescues on 34. Backseat engine 34. Out of class for a little bit as a skipper, roving around, but I was mostly on temps. Uh, had engine 960 for about three years as a skipper. I fit for about a year for Dan Cheatham, and now I'm back at engine 34. I work with two of my cousins, uh, two people I helped get hired, and and uh, somebody that helped me out when I was booting, so... I have a fucking blast every day. Uh we stayed up till three the other night talking shit, playing (laughs) ping pong and fucking around.
0: It's a pretty good job, huh? Yeah. Yeah. When you went to medic school though too, right?
2: I did, sorry. Yeah. I went to medic school right after probation pretty much. Okay. So and I recently dropped my medic to get engine thirty (laughs) four. Uh and it's it's been weird because my whole reference point of the job really is as a medic. Right. So I probably get in those guys' way from time to time, talking right. too much on calls, but uh, they they uh, give me the benefit of the doubt, I think.
0: So how long were how long were you a medic? Twelve years, um, years?
2: Eleven. Eleven, yeah, it's a yeah. long time.
0: I think you can do less than a BLS engineer, that's and then I became a BLS captain. I'm like, you can't do less. <laughs> and then I became a BLS fit. I'm like, holy fuck, you can do less than that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, so, how are you guys feeling right now, man, about, about everything that's going on? So, Yeah, I was going to say, what's new? Yeah. Right. <laughs>
3: yeah. right. So much, and we're only in uh, June. Yeah. Um, first time, man, thank you for sharing that story. I didn't know all that about you, so I feel like I know you even more. You know what I mean? That's That's cool, and I think... That's the beauty of this job, at least for me, is that there's so many different people from so many different walks of life, but yet we're men of like attainment. We still come here with the same goal in mind, which is to help others. So whenever I get a chance to meet somebody uh, more personal like that, that's pretty cool. So right on, man. I didn't know those things. So, But what's new in the world is this-, this How you
0: guys feeling about all this shit? <sighs> I, mean, I mean, I think we can make some assumptions. That, no question. That,
3: that, I, <laughs> I think overall, I think, um, we're you know i find it interesting that we could be in this crisis state of this pandemic yet find time to insert these other issues right and now here we are with this uh this uh this movement that needed to happen and yet it happened at one of the times where we all were kind of down you know what i mean so um definitely a, a mix of emotions uh all around um but also this sense of it's time, and what better time than now? It needed to happen. It was going to happen at some point. And so here we are in the middle of this climax, you know, like I said, almost 400 years to the date. And so let's do it.
2: Uh, I was – so it's been a few – or what? little two and a half weeks since George Floyd died, right yeah, around right. here.
0: Funerals yesterday. Yeah, right. so
2: – I was, uh, so I was angry and hurting originally, and I'm still a little angry, uh, Mm -hmm. past the hurting phase, but, uh, so I never really had race conversations with white people. Like the first one I had with a guy on the job was Monday. Wow, And it was a very candid, open, and honest, and direct conversation. And I I think I'm glad I did it. And I actually, when I worked the next day, we had uh, one of my cousin was hurt. So we had a rover come in and I had a conversation that I normally wouldn't have had uh, in front of that guy. Right. Um,
0: Why were you so reluctant to have a conversation like that before?
2: I just don't think, or didn't think, that uh, you can change people's minds on some stuff. And they tend to either, or from what I've observed, say it probably didn't happen like that. Right. Or, what did you do? Or, it just seemed like it wasn't worthwhile. So... And and this anger and sadness comes from thirty six years of issues, you right. know. And not just my thirty six years, like like I told you, my, my grandfather was uh blown up on the USS Franklin in World War Two. That's why this Drew Brees shit pissed me off too. Right. Like
3: and we're we'll talking about your, that your grandfather
2: <laughs> served both of them, he said, in the military, right? You know, mine did too, and, and almost died. And then went back to Texas and couldn't do shit. Right. And then left, at least the last story I heard was my grandfather left Texas because somebody was going to kill him that didn't
0: look like him.
2: Wow. For whatever perceived slight. And.
0: You which know. is which is a weird time because it wasn't a, uh, a Vietnam era war when guys were coming back yeah. and spit on and stuff like that. World War Two, they came back as heroes, right? Like they were celebrating in the streets and stuff like right. that. That 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 should have been a time for celebration for your grandfather to come back and say, hey, thanks for your service, thanks for what right. you did. Instead, he comes back to something that was, and maybe they
2: were they were perceived as heroes, which they were because they were fighting for yep. other people's freedoms. Absolutely. right? In lives. And then they come back here and, you and... shit on them. Yeah. You don't get the same treatment and feeling and... and
3: right. appreciation.
2: Yeah, and then, you know, back... The first time I got called the N-word, I'm... What? I was in first grade or kindergarten. Wow. And the kid says, I'm walking with my little brother. This kid's walking with his brother. He says... Uh, I don't remember why we were, you know, kid shit, talking shit or whatever. But he says, uh, call him that name that mom and dad say. Wow. So that's <laughs> wow. I could tell some people that, that, and they may not believe me, right? Right. And what makes this story even worse is I chase the kid, kick his ass or whatever. And the next day, I'm sitting in the principal's office with his parents, the principal, and me. Where was Tim Gamage Sr. or Trudy Gamage? Yeah.
1: Right. No phone call. And
2: right? no, and I didn't, I was afraid to tell my parents because right. I didn't want to get my. Ass. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, which, you know, I, maybe my parents should have done a better job in that way to make me feel comfortable saying something to them. But uh, now, did the principal have me in there by myself or, for, for, racial reasons i don't know but it played out to where you know a kid calls me out of my name and back then you were allowed to fight it wasn't right. a big oh, yeah. deal I right <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and and i'm having a conversation like that or i'm in high school right and a guy uh and funny enough this dude's a firefighter now for a different city but he he uh he came through our academy, and I and I regret my action or inactions here. Uh, you know, we're on the football team together. His locker's right next to mine. We got along great. I thought we were we weren't like he wasn't the dude I was hanging out with on the weekends, but we were cool. Both player, receiver, and right, DB. Right. Uh, I'm at passing league, and this dude says, uh, he was talking about somebody on the other team, but he says, that effing N-word, blah, blah, blah. And I'm walking by, and he's like, oh, Tim, sorry, I'm not talking about you. Whoa. And I should have kicked his ass, too, but I didn't. I was like, whatever. Uh, So anyway, to bring it back to the job, this guy's a firefighter. He don't work for the department that I work for. And maybe his heart changed because of whatever experiences he had. But when we, when we talk about race around white people often, they act like it's some guy over there. Right. I was talking with a guy recently. Uh, he's a union guy. And what I, what I loved about his uh, conversation was he said, my, my grandfather was a racist. I was raised by my grandfather, so, and obviously he was able to change. And I don't, I don't know if he grew up, you know, using whatever language or doing, but, but uh, he obviously acknowledged that it occurs and occurred around him, and and then I'm able to have a more open, or at that point I was able to have a more open conversation, but. The Drew Brees shit was real annoying. Uh, I don't. I'm not for. I don't follow that shit. So, yeah. so he, you know, you got to go back to Kaepernick. Right,
3: a couple of years and ago,
2: gotcha. people being upset about Kaepernick kneeling or whatever, uh, and somebody asked him, "What do support? People kneeling during the national anthem?" And he said, "No." Because, and his reasoning was because his grandparents fought for this country. Yeah, I
1: never could. I could never, uh, I don't know, uh, support
2: kneeling. Right. It never disres- was a, yeah. an important word in there. Who
3: disrespects the flag or, or kneels or something yeah. Yeah. to and that effect.
2: To, who is more American than black people, to be honest with you? Right. like. Like I told you about my grandfather, I still stand up for the flag, and he was treated like a second-class fucking citizen. Right. Like that, to me, is if the shoe was on the other foot, I don't know if everybody would do that. Right. Uh. And and I don't know. Like,
0: so this might be I, sensitive, and 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 I'm okay having a tough conversation yeah. with you guys, but whether whether Drew Brees vocalizes that he doesn't, you know, agree with what Kaepernick did or not. Isn't that his right?
3: Absolutely. And you, you, and not to cut you off Tim, him or just chime in, but you're absolutely right. That is part of the freedoms that we have here in America. Yep. Right. But with that being said, there cannot be this, quote, unquote, double standard, right? I agree with that, right? for like sure. Colin Kaepernick's right to protest and have a peaceful protest was met with opposition, which is that it was unpatriotic, which is actually kind of like an oxymoron because that's our right to protest peacefully. So we, And I think the, the thing that, that, that has always kind of irked me the most is that if people were to do some research, they would find out that it was actually a serviceman who wrote an open letter to Colin Kaepernick saying, hey, in times of need, we kneel in a battlefield, you kneel on the football field. Why don't you take a knee to show respect and reverence to the flag? And then yet it's met with this, divisive rhetoric by Orange Julius, you know, in the White House that he should fire these SOBs and yada, yada, yada. And now it's taking this peaceful protest from something that's supposed to be positive done by who, you know, has been suggested by a serviceman to they're disrespecting the flag. And you're like, wait, what about Tim's great grandparents or grandfathers and everybody else who's served, who were who came back and was met with redlining and disenfranchisement and all these other different things, yet they... Fought for this country, you know? So that's it. I don't
1: know. I just thought. I'm okay a, with either a, side so of it. I'm right. just, well, I think it's I'm somebody just, else's view of what Colin Kaepernick is doing. Absolutely. Because right. Colin Kaepernick is saying very clearly what and why he's doing yeah, that. Right. And then other people are throwing on this thing on top of it, trying to uh, just move, you know, move the, the perspective or the view away from what he's right. actually trying absolutely, to accomplish. Yeah.
0: Because for me personally, like, I'm okay if you pr- protest any way that you want to. I don't care. But for me, as a veteran, ex, you know, military person, I don't want to see anybody fucking kneel um, when the flag is is is, is shining and, and a national anthem is being played. Nor do I want a motherfucker to have his hat on. For, you know, for the you know, at the same time, I don't care if you're black, white, green. If your fucking hat's on during the national anthem, we're gonna have a conversation about that stuff. And, and so, because it is so strong.
1: Right. And his feelings are so strong about about that issue mm-hmm. Why wouldn't that be an appropriate time to make a statement?
0: I'm okay with him making the statement. I'm just telling you what I like I I, oh, I, I don't I, want I, anybody kneeling yeah. but if but if but if somebody wants to that that's your choice right and, um, you know, before the game, after the game, during the game, whatever you want to do, that's your choice but but I want the freedom to be able to say, hey i I don't agree with that and we can agree to disagree right yeah I'll and I
1: won't that. discredit him. If I disagree, the thought of discrediting him or his reason or right. or, or or trying to take away uh, some form of uh, trying to take away the reason that person's doing it is I, I do have a, I have a problem with that.
0: Well, but I think we're we're we've been on the earth long enough, or we're mature or fucking wise enough to go. I haven't walked in that guy's shoes, right. so how in the fuck can I discredit what he's doing? I have no idea where Tim came from, the shit he had right. to deal with, the shit you had to deal with. You know, being a ginger, the shit you had to deal with. Yeah, <laughs> but, but but that kind of stuff. So I'm okay with it, but I'm not okay with it. You know, with with people saying, "Well, you can't disagree with what he did." You can disagree right. with it, but you know, I'm. I'm yes. Okay with that. So
2: I just disagree with Drew Brees's opinion based right. on because to me, like to me, the way I felt about what he said is that. It just completely discredited, like like it, there was an impossibility of Capri- or of whoever was choosing to nail Right. People that whose family did the same thing your grandparents did yep, yep. are on the other side of this argument. So mm-hmm. to me, his reasoning was a little flawed. But so let me well, ask
1: this: Do you think he didn't understand? So based on his responses and and obviously the the shit he took after that do you think it was a genuine sense of I don't actually get it uh, or um,
2: uh, or not? I uh, Tough one. I, I he, got my thoughts about Alex. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I want to know. <laughs> he probably didn't get it, but I don't know. I think literally everybody is making a statement pretty much. There's right. the. In the society, it appears there's been a line drawn, and you got to decide which side of that line you're right. on. Yeah. Uh, I, I. And this is why I didn't have a lot, like, because Kaepernick's thing was all about pro- police brutality, which is what we're dealing with now, and
3: we've been dealing with, and yes, for a long time, and and it's even
2: a guy like me, like normal. I've never been beat, I've never been. Uh, I never had a cop pull a gun on me or anything, but I done had some very negative reactions. Then, and, and my uncle was a police chief for a while, his son's a cop now. Like, I'm able to empathize with PD, right? Yep, Fuckin and this whole, this whole issue is about a lack of empathy, in my opinion. Uh, you know. I- go ahead I I, I
3: was gonna say even so I speak from a perspective so I'll say this before we even before we even kind of dig in and I was talking to chief about this beforehand Um, I feel like America right now is drowning and drowning in truth right and by truth I mean issues and things that men and women of color have been saying have been going on finally finally It has come to fruition like people are seeing it and not only are people seeing it it's being televised it's being put through this medium of social media on every single level and so people are starting to witness like whoa and now it becomes an issue of right and wrong and not so much race and and color right because i look out at those protests and i'm like wow there's not just black and brown out there there's whites out there there's every walk saying hey man it didn't matter what color george floyd was or what color was it could have been animal down there right but that guy was executing publicly executing and so when then you add on top of that the fact that he was a man of color african-american man right and so that has perpetuated even more and we've seen this narrative oh so many times i think that was the breaking point so when i say america is drowning i feel like it's drowning in truth that racism does exist there has been this issue that has been kind of hovering in this ambiguity that nobody really wants to talk about, nobody really wants to address. And finally, society is seeing it with their own eyes and they're like, holy smokes, this is happening. We need to do something about it, you know what I mean? So um, I'm happy that um, we're, we're opening up to those conversations to have those tough conversations, because I've had, like Tim, I've had more conversations within the past two weeks about race relations and my viewpoint than I've had in my entire 35 years of existence on this earth. And I'm grateful for it. And it's, and to some, it might come across, you know, uncomfortable, but I feel like it's genuine that people are actually really wanting to know, man, what is it like to see through the eyes? And I think the situation and things that we've been seeing on TV is giving people a snap view of what men and women of color go through. Like this veil that we have, we can't, you know, we're melanated 24 seven. We can't, we can't take this off, you know what I mean? So I think people are starting to see that, so. that has always kind of been my thought. Like when we started off, Tim was saying he's hurt. He was frustrated. Same same emotions. But I started to think. I was talking to another gentleman, uh, Brendan Denard, who was talking about like truth. And he's like, you can't outrun truth. And I said, you're absolutely right. It's been 400 years of running. And now people are starting to see, hey, this thing actually exists. This is an actual mechanism that drives some of the stereotypes, the generalizations, the wickedness, the division, all this crap that we see going on in the world. Everybody's starting to witness it. And the ones who are kind of perpetuating and keeping it going, they're scrambling right now because there is no lifeguard on duty. And in order for us as a nation to, to grow, this old America has to die. It has to drown and die in order for a rebirth to happen, for us to get to where we really need to get to, you know, so.
1: What, what makes, uh, you said you feel optimistic at the direction or that, that it's gone farther, maybe potentially in, in other times. What makes you think that?
3: Uh, just the the fact that we have so many people bearing witness to what has been said for centuries but yet had no validity. You know, right? Like, uh, I think Will Smith made a great quote this past couple weeks and said, this has been going on now, it's just being televised, right? Yeah. So, think about all these men and women of color who've, you know, lost their lives for this movement just to get to this point that, that didn't have a camera or a cell phone, right? We're just lucky that George Floyd, someone was there recording it because this sparked that that kind of, quote-unquote, I don't want to say revolution, but we start we sparked that, sparked that movement. So that's what makes me optimistic, is that we have people actually engaging, you know, and the engagement, I hope it doesn't fall on deaf ears, and I hope um, at the end of this, we're all kind of waiting to see that it just doesn't result in no progress at all because then this would be no different than all the other protests that we've had In the past, all the movement that we've done in the past, if this doesn't push us past, then this would have been all for nothing. And yet we find ourselves back at the same place we were, you know. I
0: mean, you've seen the United States regurgitate the same narrative. No question. Black people treated poorly. Fucking not poorly is not even the right word for it. Treated fucking horribly, yeah, fucking. Three fifths compromise, but 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 black people historically aren't the only ones that have been treated that way, like in this country, like Native Americans. No question. Long history being enslaved, Mm -hmm. as well as being taken advantage of. Um, In 1882, Mm -hmm. there was a Chinese act that was passed that Mm -hmm. basically dehumanized Chinese people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and it's funny too because as I read that article, you go back and there was 27 Chinese people that were that were mass murdered by um, uh, it was either, either soldiers or something else, but they, it was acknowledged by payment to the family, but no charges were ever brought against those people that did it. Right. In, 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 uh, in World War II, they took Japanese people, put them in concentration camps. So, so we have It's a
1: real, it's a hell of a track record.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, we've been fucking right. people over for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Right. And, and now, I think with the George Floyd stuff and like it's I think we can all make the assumption that that he didn't deserve to die that way. That cops a piece of shit that that should have never happened. Like, you know, like that's I think everybody can can agree to that. But now we're we're in a phase where, you know, people are grieving. They're hurting. What's next?
2: They're, they're uh So my cousin asked me, Evan, a rhetorical question. He said, are you doing enough? And I internalize that question to mean, and I don't think he meant it this way, but, you know, I got three, three boys and two girls. If in 15, 20 years, one of them die at the hands of either police or somebody trying to play rent a cop. Right. Can I look in the mirror and say that I stood up when I was supposed to stand up? Mm hmm and and i i at that time and even to this day i can't say that i've done enough and i think to to your point the the country has yet to do enough there's talk but in history in the history of civil rights there's always turning points you know mm-hmm. when when i white america saw that they were killing white people during the civil rights movement for for helping uh, black people, things changed a little bit. Or when they bombed the church and killed uh, four little girls, mm-hmm. things changed. Well, the the savageness of this killing, because like, it was bare hands, basically, mm-hmm. is what is the difference. I don't necessarily think that it's on tape because we've seen... Right plenty even let's just take race out of it like and I've just recently watched uh, the cop in Mesa that killed the white guy in the oh, yeah. hotel. I was for yep. his
3: life absolutely. Yeah.
2: And I just watched it a few hours ago and I'm scared just watching the shit like because right. he told him if he's like if you make one mistake with my commands I'm going to shoot you and you could possibly die right. and he shoots him. Right and he dies and the guy is acquitted he's given a medical retirement uh, cuz he has PTSD due to the shooting and prosecution wow uh, i think the savage savageness of the the murder is is causing causing everybody to do more it's causing me to get a ton of phone calls, like, "Hey, what have you dealt with?" or, right, or what can I do? Uh,
1: well, which, but you, but you also put your number out there, and I, and I mean this as a compliment to say, "Hey, you
2: got got something to say? Or you got a question? Yeah. Call yeah. me, absolutely." Yeah. And that's that's exactly how that was meant. <laughs> Some people took that as I wanted to go in the back of the station and fight.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and struck me such a violent guy. Yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah.
2: But you know, I having conversations man to man or woman to woman is the best way to solve those things. So, uh, and and that that day, like, so that wasn't for me because I don't deal with that shit in the station or anywhere in the station because I, I got 13 years on the job. Now I'm a captain, whatever the case may be. But when I'm getting text messages from a guy that doesn't feel like he has power to do anything to, to solve his, and maybe he should, right? He should say something, do something, whatever. But, you know, when you, When you watch the man die, along with your whole life experiences of what you've had that you carry into the station, and we have this uh, brotherhood that we talk about, and then I have to hear justifications for somebody that I could see being me, my son, my dad, my brother. Right. Uh, Uh,
1: Can I ask you, uh, are the justifications more difficult than the act? I, uh, they
0: can be equal. Yeah,
3: they can, they can be equal, but the justification is just horse crap. I watched recently, Chief, a woman who assaulted verbally and physically a young lady, I think a Hispanic or native lady, in a, oh, in yeah, a, station. In a gas station. Yeah, she got and slapped, the first though. excuse <laughs> was by her husband was she has a mental illness. And I'm like, since when has racism and bigotry and prejudice been a mental illness? Is that an escape? You know, so that justification or that... Cognitive dissonance—this idea that we can just make it up on the fly to cover up this is, is horse crap. Because
1: I, I feel like it's worse. That's my I, opinion. Absolutely. But I, I, I'm curious your thoughts. You know,
3: I mean, I, I, I'm with you there in that standpoint. The excuse is pretty pathetic, and there's been tons of excuses throughout history, throughout time, on why things are happening, right? Yeah. It's just the way it's been. Well,
0: there is no valid excuse. No, yeah, there, like, there fucking is none. And like I said, it, like like if you're a normal person, you know it's wrong. You know it's fucked right. up. Like, no matter his background, like I don't like the guy. Like I listened to that Candace Owens, uh, chicks a little, little deal. Oh, for, the,
3: the the young uh, black lady yeah, who yeah. was speaking. Yeah I, yeah, I heard her and.
0: I don't know how true those statements that like she would make. I'm always skeptical. I'm skeptical. of I'm like, well, but but if let's just assume that it is true. Right. Yeah. Not a good guy. Right. But doesn't doesn't deserve to fucking die in that fashion. That's not the way the system works. you don't get to
1: carry it out right there because you feel like you were gonna
0: absolutely for sure. Absolutely. So so there isn't like in my opinion there is no fucking valid excuse for that. No question. And
2: when you bring it to to our environment. Like after Ahmad Arbery, what's
0: our environment? Help uh, me
2: around the station. Okay. uh, After he died, a guy told me, and he had justifications for it, and and then he tells me we're still brothers. And I'm like, no, we're not. No, oh, no, because if should. you think that, if that's and he el- couldn't imagine that you'd actually say
1: that to him, at yeah, if, right? If,
2: if if that's LT, which is my eldest boy running, you you would shoot him. And if you would shoot my son, I can't fuck with you. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. that's yeah, right. that's and and you can. Now, you wouldn't shoot me cuz you know, Tim, I'm I'm the quote-unquote okay. safe black guy. Right. Uh But you what if you don't know that's my son. Right. Uh So that's where maybe you're right cuz if you if you tell me the justifications and maybe I shouldn't do this, but I extend that to you thinking that you might justify the murder of my son or Right. or whatever the case may be. It, it's just, it's been years of it being televised on top of being locked up on because of COVID, on top of right. our leadership at the national level being right. as volatile as he is, right. uh, which, which a lot of us feel he's kind of fanning the flames of oh, some no of this question. shit.
3: From under the desk.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: I think you both sides are at? for sure. Like you know, when I see Pelosi and the, I'm gonna fuck up the scarf thing. The right. the the kente scarf. Oh,
3: you mean the uh, dashiki?
0: Yeah, that like with them kneeling and and fucking right. and wearing that. Like to me, that's a straight up fucking photo opportunity. You
3: think, you think they're trying to take PR? PR? Absolutely, and, and I absolutely yeah. agree yeah. to yeah, some degree. They like they're there is.
0: they're not helping. They're not helping. Nor 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 have they fucking helped.
3: No. So it's, now it's
0: like, oh yeah, we'll throw this shit on Neil. It. Get a photo op and then go from it's there. A, it, it
3: can very well be seen as a media play.
0: Well, a- absolutely. Well, for me, and I'm, you know, I'm not obviously, I'm not fucking black, but my godson's black, but that disgusts me for him. To see that, yeah, it disgusts me, man. It's yeah. like you opportunistic, fucking showboating. That's just fuck, America. You know, dude, it fuck, dude, some, fucking drives America me crazy. Man. Yeah, everybody
3: action. wants to
1: co-opt everybody else's stuff for their gain or oh, their
3: for their perks, right? Absolutely,
1: chief.
0: And like some of this stuff where these people are. Are, are, I'm not going to say they're jumping on the bandwagon, but every celebrity or sports star, whether they're black, white, or, or like, whatever. Companies. Or, yeah, companies mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. they're all they're all coming out saying, hey, and saying these things that we want to make it better, but I haven't seen the how.
3: Right, right. You've just seen a lot of lip service. And hopefully, you know, like me and Chief were talking about, moving forward, you'll start to see some of those things. But, again, there's no one who's going to be able to, uh, really navigate that space unless you understand coming from that space. You know what I mean? And I say that at least for, like, for myself, right? I've been a victim of police brutality. I've been roughed up by the cops before. Yeah. I'm from South Central LA. LAPD has been militarized since the beginning of the time. That's just the way it was. You grew up in the inner city. You're probably going to get roughed up the irony is that my youngest brother is LA County Sheriff right and so I know he's a good dude I know he comes from a good upbringing I know he's had his ass what before he knows right from wrong and he says it's a matter of time bro before I'm faced with this moral or ethical decision when I may see my counterpart my colleague mistreating someone who looks like me you mom dad whoever and what am I gonna do bro am I gonna sit there fall in line and say nothing so I can move up this ladder or am I gonna say hey No, that's not right, bro. And now, run the risk of being ostracized, blackballed. Hey, you might even be, who knows, you know what I mean, in today's kind of deal. So, I I just feel moving forward, man, you know, uh, it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a
2: lot of work, Tim. What would you guys like to see?
0: I don't fucking know.
2: One more thing on his point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the key to this, so... The way I look at it is I can't change the country individually. Mm-hmm. What I can do is change my circle.
4: Mm-hmm. Which
2: which I work for a local fire department, which will change the community, which can change the state, country, so on and so forth. So that's what I try to do. And if you, if you look at specifically the George Floyd issue, you got four cops there and you really have one that is the extreme aggressor, right? Right. And you got another guy that checks a pulse and tells the other guy, I believe, hey, get off of him or, right. or something like that. But no, none of those three, any one of them could have stopped. Yeah. I don't think you could have changed what that one guy. I think he's that type of guy that does that type of shit. Right but you can change those three people now in our arena. I'm not, I don't think, or hopefully not. We don't have anybody that's going to do what that one cop did, but take it on a lower level. Some racist shit. We'll call it. We do have people that would do that. I've seen people do that in the past. Uh, and I've seen those three not do anything, just like they did in the video. Hmm. So what we can do, I believe, is uh, affect those three people. How we do that, I think, is a complex issue. I think it, it starts, which I think we're getting there with acknowledging- perfect,
0: You have a perfect world, the, but you have a fucking magic wand. You, can do, you guys can do whatever you want. You can lay out whatever plan that you want, and I know that's a tough question, but but how does that how does that happen for you I, guys? I you got
2: to acknowledge the problem first. Yes, yeah, that's first. Okay. It has to be every
1: single time you solve yeah. something. Right. You've got to be able to clearly state the problem. Absolutely. right?
3: Absolutely, absolutely. I think you 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 acknowledge the problem first.
0: So within our arena, let's just call. We know the fucking country has a huge fucking problem. Within our arena. How big is our problem or 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 what is our problem
3: i've always been taught this since i got hired it's just the fire department is just a microcosm of society so the things and issues that we see on a day-to-day in our society those tend to permeate and matriculate down into the department it may be on a smaller scale but there's there can be division within the department it may not be as overt it can be subtle it could be these biases between this group and yada, yada yada so um you know where do you begin right You know, I think you hit the nail on the head, acknowledgement of the problem starts first Um, and then be willing to get around a group of guys, men and women who really actually want to see shit change. It can't be just this, this, this lip service. I feel like since day one, it's been a lot of lip service and that's from society, but that's even within sometimes our little own realms, right? It's a lot of lip service. It sounds good. But who's, like Tim said, who's really willing to put in the work? Who's really willing to put themselves out there for if it's the majority, right? We know where me and Tim stand. You know, we've always come from a place of, all right, it's an uphill battle, right? But for some who may have come into our realm, which is a fire department on a silver platter, or been born on third base thinking they're hitting a triple, right? Their viewpoint is, is different. And so um, they may they may have, they may struggle with recognizing that there actually is an issue because to them, they're oblivious. I had gentlemen at at work tell me, Roy, I never understood the difference in what it's like of getting pulled over between me and you. And I had to tell them, and I think I was talking to Chief, I said, when I leave my profession, every single morning I get off shift, I gotta snap back into society, Roy, meaning I become another black man in a black SUV. I am on my P's and Q's 100%. I can go from saving the police chiefs or uh, a fellow serviceman's family, but I fall back into society, Roy. And that's this this constant tug of who you really are because in society, me and Tim, we're brothers, right? In the fire department, we may be considered, you know, heroes or whatever whatever superlative you want to give us, but we still fall back. So now you're battling these two different realms. And so... um, we got to be able to to, 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 to to identify that problem, man, and then find people who actually want to do it because I feel like there can be a lot of lip service around issues like this and nothing gets done. We talk about it, talk about it, and then it just dissipates, and then we're back to right. the same stuff, you know?
0: What do you think How, th- think's not working? So, like, is to, the promotional pr- process not working? Is the hiring process not working? Is is, is opportunities for, for other things not not there. Let's I'm go so to mad. the
2: hiring process, okay. right? And and by going there, I mean filtering people that got a fucked up mindset out. Uh, and I'm gonna do that by telling a story. Uh, and I'm gonna leave the names out, but damn you, I'm uh <laughs> I'm in <laughs> the Rhyme fire academy <laughs> in 2007, so that's 13 years ago, and a recruit. Call, tells another recruit to stop acting like an N-word. And, uh. What, what environment, Tim? We're at, uh, so, or I wasn't there per se, but one of my good buddies was. And, uh, they're, they're about to do the ladder prop. And this guy wanted to go with somebody else because he didn't trust the person that he was going with. So he asks the guy behind him, the guy says no, and he tells him to quit acting like an N-word. It gets to the RTO somehow, I don't know how, but they, they pull a guy upstairs, and they say, hey, uh, uh, basically, do you want us to get this guy fired? And they're asking the <laughs> lowest level person on the job, right, right, to de- to determine the fate to cover their bases. of somebody yeah, else. Yeah, they're on hanging the job. it on his ass, right. Yeah. right. And this, the person Speak that said up. these words, has a has family on the job. So the the guy they pulled upstairs probably didn't feel comfortable being a snitch or whatever you want to call it, right. Right. That guy that said that is still here. Now I don't know if his actions match his words now, but that's the type of dude he is. Uh so to I don't know what happens at the academy now. I don't know if guys deal because I heard about this story a few years later. Yeah. From uh the person that told me was right there, and we're real close, so I believe him.
0: I mean, I'm sure shit still goes on. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I, I Roy really knows, and I think you guys know. I'm like, the group that I surround myself with is fucking the Rainbow Coalition. So it's right. kind of hard for me to say that. And I think the, the the way i carry myself people just know like i'm probably not going to say something stupid around him well, so uh, so I, I, i'm sure if they think they can get away with it something might come out to right. to that
2: point it affects customer service right because this person it works it impacts
1: integrity right
2: human yes. to human integrity yeah. of yeah. and if down the road they promote this person It affects how I feel about my department now and what they value. Mm. It affects my perception of those RTOs. When I first heard the story, I didn't look at it like I look at it today. Now, maybe it's because I'm a captain now. Mm -hmm. Uh, We all mature, right? Just in general. Yeah. And, you know, our job when we talk about promotional processes is kind of, not kind of, our job is clicky. You know, you got... Factions or whatever You hope that you get the information You need to be successful Sometimes you do Sometimes you don't uh, You know I I think there would have to be A study of some sort Done for us to truly get answers To whether Well
0: it sounds like there's a problem This is going to be weird Because work keeps coming up There's a problem with Holding the people accountable for their actions, yeah, right. Yeah, we've so talked agrees, about that yeah, before so so personally. Right. So for sure instead of taking something and brushing it underneath the table or the mat or, um, in my case, the oven because I don't want to get the <laughs>
3: <laughs> that vacuum was underneath <laughs> <Yeah>. there, bro. <laughs> exactly. Is
0: is 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 holding people accountable for actions, and in my opinion, we have not been good at holding people. To their actions well we love
1: accountability right until right up until it's us right
0: yeah yeah we're as a as a,
1: as a department and as a, as a fire service we love accountability right until it points
0: at us mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of mimicking yeah. what's going out in the country right now like like human beings as well as like uh, black people in in particular they want that motherfucker to be held accountable for their stupid for his stupid ass action and you guys are sick of and I'm not speaking for you but but I think i'm I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying is you want this last four hundred years or hundred years or two hundred years or whatever for 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 the nation the country, everybody to take accountability for what the fucks happened
3: absolutely and i and I wouldn't say uh it literally has been since we've entered right since this yeah. quote unquote discovery of a place that's already been discovered, so I think until we get to a point where this whole de jure de facto deal where the law enforcement enforces the law but they might be above the law or they are the law until we get past that and we start seeing policing of the police the nation is upset that's not only black man that's people of all walks of life like i said you look out in that protest everybody's out there hold people accountable because if have had you done it you'd be in the back of a squad car getting interrogated for hours on end you might there. you know what i mean like <laughs> you see what i mean and so this notion that it can take a week for you to corroborate the story and then pull them in right like you said chief it's accountability issue everybody wants to be accountable until the fingers point at him and all of a sudden you know what I mean so we've seen that narrative so that's an action
0: you guys would and correct me if I'm wrong you would like to see more oversight Oh, absolutely absolutely accountability
3: accountability just we would like to see right is right wrong is wrong and again that's yes, what it's going to come down to. I think as a society, that's what's going to get this, this chaos. And unfortunately, ideals are peaceful, but history is violent. It's always been like that. In order to have a change, it, they're like Tim said, it has to be a rift. It has to be a disturbance in the force for like, okay, let's get their attention. Everything in our, and this is outside of what we're talking about the department, i kind of get off topic, everything in America that has been written and has been amended has been because someone fought the system to get all the way up to the top for them. And say, you know what, you're right. That was wrong. Let's amend it to make it right. And so that's where we're at. It's like, Hey, we got to scrap this and, and, and start all over. And so internally, I don't know if we can get there for the, the fire department, but you look at how the fire department was at one point, again, a microcosm of society, it was segregated. It took a number of years in order to get integrated. And when they did, then You enter things like affinity groups or little pockets of deals to help keep certain groups maybe, you know, out of a profession like this. And then once they get in, right, you still have these little pockets that may slight or jade a certain group or one may be more advantageous in a process, maybe a hiring process, a promotional process than another group. So like Tim said, until you get those analytics that show, hey, men and women of this demographic are, you know, performing at this level but it's not consistent with the promotion process you know um, we we have to we have to revamp some things we have to go back and look at some things because again if it's going to be a fair game play ball guy's are gonna line up and play whether you're uh, allowed access to that information or not, which everybody should be allowed right. access to that information if we want to become one true they, they, better department. If right? they
1: want you to do a job, <laughs> there can't be any freaking secrets. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> We're same
3: team, man.
0: Same well, team. And and I don't know, Chris Chris and like Tim might be able to speak to, to more, but affirmative action is, is alive and well within the you know within our department, correct? Well it doesn't have a formal label. It doesn't. Right. Yeah, because because everything that I know that I know or that I've been privy of, we want a certain demographic to be hired along every step of the process whether it be a recruit, whether it be an engineer, whether it be a captain, we we want that list to be um represent, representative of of society. Well,
1: I know I, I can say this as I just from experience, as I know we want our the 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 interview boards or the the people doing the evaluation to be reflective of everybody taking the test got gotcha. you right. but, but I think that's a departmental goal, and I think it's a goal that the city would want us
0: to have, but the end result isn't there there's never any hard numbers that say, hey we need to get this many females I've never experienced that okay
2: i I think if if the process was all the way fair and level, the numbers. For everybody, will play out how it should. I agree. Right. Uh, if you look at at least most of the black men and women I know on the job, they're educated, they're uh, athletes, they're they're the people that we are looking for. So if yeah, if we you, recruited them right. Yeah. If you <laughs> if you let them just go play, it'll work out how it's supposed to work out. I don't think people are actively preventing. Like, let's say there was a quota, and I don't think there is. You know, talking to my dad, he's never mentioned anything like that. Yeah, I've never experienced yeah. it, Tim. And I, but I may
1: be naive, but I it seems like never there's have.
0: there's times where they've concentrated on trite, and and this is this is this is a huge difference, a con, um a a concerted effort to recruit a certain demographic, whether it be female or black or Mexican or whatever. I've seen that for sure. For hiring? Yeah, for hiring. I know
2: they've done some studies specifically for stuff yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh in regards to something that we can fix and I don't know how you teach empathy, but hmm. that's a big thing like but going back to my background like I know what it's like to go to a fucking shitty school. Right. You know, I went to school in the car. You don't have to a beat up district. U of A like that. Get <laughs> yeah. the U of a, dude. We get it. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. We totally understand. Great school. You fucking can I, I lobbed up. that up yeah. I was like, could have hit that right oh, out of the park. But anyway. Uh, Lob. <laughs> <laughs> so Maryville to uh, Roosevelt School District in South Phoenix. And I, like I said, I was always a good student. We moved to Tempe, and I'm going to KMS, and it took me three to six months to be able to catch up to where the other kids were at. Wow. If you don't have my upbringing, and you're that kid on my football team I talked Mm -hmm. about earlier whose dad lived in one of those mansions around Corona. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's a firefighter for another city now. Can he understand why, uh, for example, the one friend I had, he was in gifted classes, good athlete, smart, hard-working kid, didn't have his dad in the home. He stayed in Maryville his whole life, and he spent eight years in the penitentiary. Damn. Hmm. This kid's smarter than Tim Gamidge. Wow. Uh for a time lived in the same area. I just happened to have a dad that mm. had enough money to get us in a better neighborhood, to go to a better school. So I'm not mm. around. Uh, and, you know, he, my buddy became a gang member. All And and guys on the job probably don't picture Tim Gammage hanging out with a gang member.
0: <laughs> right.
2: Right. But right. this was my best friend for You were always a fireman. <laughs> yeah. right. right. True. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> uh Damn, but just... it was it was all just a lack of opportunity, which I can understand because I know what it's fucking like to go to a subpar school which is predominantly minority, and then you move and uh, and thank God my dad did move us. Wow. That's, you know, that's actually yeah, but, a
0: question that that I had walking in here was, like, do you guys feel like you had a lack of opportunity to be successful in this country or uh, or, or in the fire department?
3: Well, I mean, I don't think that it's a, a lack of opportunity. But listening to that story, Tim, it made me think to myself, like, when people meet me, they wouldn't imagine I'm from South Central. Oh, LA, I would, Figueroa, I would. I would, for sure. year Street, 453, 106, Dad, 110 from Grape Street. Like, all these different things that were against quote unquote you, you know, like they're against you. You're living in Maryville, it, but the difference was you had a dad. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that was like my difference too. Cause I had a lot of buddies on my street the same way. Yeah. You know, like my dad was there and my dad's dad wasn't there for him. You know what I mean? And I think that made the world of difference. Cause damn, that story Tim was just like walking down memory lane for myself. I'm like, I wonder if people look at me and think, Roy, you, you grew up in a, the Rolling 60s neighborhood, you know, that's just what it was. I didn't know anything other, but I grew up with a bunch of dudes who you probably don't want to run up against, period. And they still back in L.A., you probably don't want to run up against them. Right now, they out there right now.
0: And what do so, you think the difference was between you and them? Did, did, did they have less drive? Because, like, I know with you, like, you and I share, uh, share a similar background. Right. I was not going to be fucking beat. Nah, period. Yeah. I don't uh, give a fuck what you I can't what, take no financial. Yeah. We got to fight all day. Yeah.
4: What you Everything stacked was, up.
0: <laughs> like, it, 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 like, I don't give a fuck. Like, right. it, It's not. And I had, like, were the opportunities I had as great as some? Absolutely not. Right. But whatever opportunity I had, I took that oh, fucking opportunity and ran with it. No
3: ran. question. You know, I, and, I, and I think is, I don't know what the difference is. All I can say is, I'm thankful and I'm appreciative. And I've always said this I'm a direct reflection of every positive, you know, 100%. Male that I've ran into, you know, sometimes not my father's to the dad down the street who might see me being a knucklehead. Hey, Lewis you better chill out. Before I tell your pops, and that for me was, oh, I better tighten up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, coaches, mentors, guys I ran across. So I don't think there's this lack of opportunity. I think there's this this choices. Right? We mm-hmm. all get choices, and it is what it is. You know what I mean? So that was just crazy to hear that, Tim. It just took me. Down I, there, really.
2: I am privileged, and he said it. It. it I had going back to the couple stories I had and I mentioned it a few times my dad was in my head to right. this day you know saying no you're not gonna quit right to uh, pushing me for even to this day and and stuff that I do my and now maybe it's my personal voice because he implanted in in me along with my mom. She was a big part of it obviously too. But uh I think just having a dad who gives a fuck about you in your life is invaluable. Mm-hmm. Uh if that. you look at so you guys know Uriah. He he grew up 22nd Street in Atlanta mm-hmm. in South Phoenix. And he has a dad in his life, so he is in a better spot than a lot of the people that he grew up around. Randy Hill grew up in the same area. He's got a dad around. Uh, those that I know that have fallen short, th- that I'm close with, it, it that's a lot of it. And and to be yeah. honest with you, I'm lucky my dad had a dad. Right, like, right. Because a lot of what he teaches me is what he learned. So
1: So I've got a couple questions based on the stuff you guys are talking about. One of them has to do, because I know you're both dads. So I don't want to, help me remember to go there. But then the other question I wanted to ask you, Tim, specifically is you said earlier, somebody had asked you a question is, are you doing enough? How are you going to measure, or how do you measure whether you're doing enough?
2: So... I don't know that I'll ever do enough cuz I'm not willing to make extreme sacrifices. Like I wasn't going to be the Is first Is that
1: required though?
2: Uh Un- I wasn't going to I wasn't going to go to jail yeah, because unknown. I was protesting. Right. You know, like Yeah, yeah, I got which, it. which it took people going to jail for a lot. like I'm not willing to make that risk. Right. I'm not hashtag good trouble
1: (laughs) right Mm -hmm. like
2: it takes people that are willing to make a greater risk than i am so i don't know if i'll ever do enough but what i am going to do is impact the environment that i can impact which
1: but uh, so i guess my 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 point or my question is is i don't uh, i i think that's powerful the the fact that people are willing to put themselves and have put themselves in that position but I got to think there's plenty of other ways and plenty of other contributions to actually do enough, you know what I'm saying? Right.
0: Yeah, I you know, there's I mean, is it volunteering more? Is it like being a value big brother? Is it being a mentor? Is it having being, conversations
1: like this yeah, like over this? and over and over? This
0: is part of it. Uh
2: talking to my circle about setting up programs for mm-hmm. people that didn't have what I had. Uh Uh, calling out bullshit when you see it right? you know and that's why I am a little more more uh, boisterous now about things you guys know me if I think something's dumb I'm gonna say hey I think that's dumb I really like that about you too (laughs) Uh, but that's cause there was a time where I didn't right and I look back on those and I'm I could've fixed something and I didn't right and that and, comes
0: with age and confidence and, yeah. you know, your fucking place in the world sometimes. For sure. Right? I mean, yeah, and, and it all comes for somebody – it all comes at, at, it all comes for people at different times. Right. Do you see it any different, Roy? As
1: far as – Like doing enough, that, that sense of how am I contributing right. to the improvement or the process? You
3: know, it's, it's funny you say that. I, I do see it. Like, am I doing enough? And I think I agree with Tim. I don't think no one – can ever do enough right you know it's, we find our ways we find our niches we find our grooves in order to try to impact um, the current issues or what's going on or like I said impact our circle because we feel like that's the most immediate you know impact we can have is our family our friends to our co-workers the guys in the station people that we work around people that we interact with but on a grand scale I guess you would just hope that as we make these little steps in our own life that we can do them collectively and then you get this big massive movement but i'm always going to be longing. like at the end of my day when my time is up and i get that dash there's going to be did i do enough you know did i really do something to 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 impact the current nature of my living standards my living standards for my kids right i want to impact their lives i want to show them something differently um so that's always, like, my my my, my plight. And in, even internally within, like, the fire department, uh, I think about, am I doing enough within the fire department? Yeah, I'm young or young on the job, you know, but I got life experience in other places and yada, yada. But am I doing it? Have I done enough? Or have I been kind of just in this floating, like, kind of no man's land of ambiguity as I'm just kind of trying to figure it out as well, you know? So um, is
0: it your role and your role to get more... African Americans, Black people, whatever the fuck you want to say, into more influential spots like captains, chiefs, stuff like that. So, so that word can spread in a because because what I appreciate about you two guys is that you guys want to do it in a positive way. Right. So 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 is it part of that to get to help your fellow brothers and sisters into those spots so 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 you guys can create change or a movement or just a spotlight to say hey man these are. These are like these, these are some of the things we've dealt with, and this is what we're working through.
3: I mean, I think it's everyone's responsibility, right? Uh, You know, I think, of course, naturally, we have a little bit more vested interest in that. Uh, we want to get men and women of color, and there's nothing wrong with (laughs) that, absolutely, right? But I think, holistically, it's everybody we should want to be the best, right? Everybody's been watching this. Michael Jordan, last dance, little deal. He wants to be the best. He was willing to have tough conversations to with anybody, it. fight with anybody to yeah. let everybody know that's around him. Hey, man, I'm not lowering my standards. We need to rise up together, and we need to do it. And so till we get guys, again, I look at everything from a team aspect because I've always been like a teammate yeah, yeah. for majority of my life. And so I look at it as, hey, man, same team. And right now there's a lot of bickering amongst teammates. You know what I mean? And so yeah. – um, it's it's Same, it's so
0: hard for me to even fucking hear that because I my circle is this.
3: Right. Absolutely. I don't
0: know the bullshit right outside of my circle. Like my my boys, my friends, my fucking, they're not gonna be talking shit. Well, we're gonna be talking shit, but right. but, but but like not in a mean, you know malicious ne- sex, yeah, negative right. way. Right. Like Absolutely. we clown on each other all the time for uh, um, uh, stuff in our culture like Mike Robinson <laughs> right. and Clint Gower and like right. I mean we're we kind of people nonstop. stop but like but but is it is this what we have in this room in our arena is this the fucking minority like is this 20% of what of like what our like department is is it 30% like help me understand
2: right I don't know what the percentage is I, you what know, I what I will say is is this unique I, so here's I guess I'll kind of maybe explain it through a story. Uh, yeah, you like that. You, yeah, I do. <laughs> Stories are good. You, you walk in the fire station 34, six years ago, you got all blacks. I'm off so they drove a white guy in. And he... and And maybe he's kidding and maybe he's not, but... Oh, white guys can't work here. Right. If I go work anywhere today's A-Shift, right? Yeah. So almost yeah. anywhere today, I'm not going to walk in the station and say that. And if I did, right. they would look at me like I was funny. They see right. that, which it is unique to have an all-black station, right? But it, there's no... Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Right. I, like, right. my station is all black right yeah. now, but there's three gamages there. Couple guys I helped get hired, and I didn't help white, Mexican, black, whatever, yeah. women, men. Black. And it just is what it is. Just like our counterparts work around and with who they want to. That's what I'm doing right now. But there are people that think is I don't want to say, and maybe there are some people that think it's fucked up, but they think it's weird.
3: It's taboo or something, right?
2: Oh. And and just that create some goofiness. But is it our yeah. job as
0: captains to go, no man, fucking everybody can work here and like you're gonna be our buddy today. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I I but, haven't heard that since yeah. I've
2: had the captain spot there. But uh you know, I've heard people were telling me when I took the captains test, you need to go rove. You for some of those reasons and some some other reasons as well. But I talked to people that actually had impact on who's captains and who's not, and they told me I was good. So a lot of it is coming from the people mm-hmm. who are. Uh, In the cheap seats? Yeah.
0: Right, right. Okay. Um, yeah, because I mean, because there are times where, like, I'll be on a truck and it's all people of color. I'm like, oh, shit, look out today. We got two brothers, a Mexican and an Asian. That's <laughs> it's going to be trouble. Right there. <laughs> yeah. That's about as a so, be But for me, I mean, it's <laughs> right. a fun thing. Or, right. And, like, it, like, if I got to go work. With a whole fucking crew that's black. I'm like, I know what's going to happen that day. I'm going to be able to talk a lot of shit. It's going to be funny as fuck. And I'm going to laugh a lot that fucking day. But do you think some of these people coming to the station, especially like a white guy or something like that, that's junk on the job, are they intimidated by that? And that's yeah, catenary. I was going to say, are they fu- Are, they scared? That's, and, are they scared? And I
2: think they are because they're not Absolutely. used to being. The minority. The minority. Right. One, or sorry, 20 out of 4,000. Yeah. Right. That's my life. Right. I live in Phoenix, Arizona. So right. There are no black people here. Unless I'm it's <laughs> true. Unless I'm with my family. Yeah. Like I, I need Tim, to be able Tim, there was over. one black guy in my high school. Yeah. One. Wow. Wow. So that's, that's and for them, unless unless they live in like Maryville and then they may be around a decent amount of Hispanics, but they're they're just not used to that environment. That's what I mean. Is it
0: our job to be like, nah, man, it's all good today. Like, you're going to be with me. It it is. I don't think it's anybody else's job. Yeah. It it, is, for sure.
1: It's the guys guys that own that environment. Because I know,
0: for me, when a guy comes into our station, young guy, old guy, whatever, if he's the odd man out, it's my job as a fucking member of this fire department, not not just as a captain or an engineer or as a firefighter, to make that motherfucker feel like he is at home. Right. He's We're at empowered home. To that is so. our fucking job. Absolutely. Because and and if we
1: can't do that at work, can we do that for the people we take care fuck of? Fuck no. Right. Yeah. Right. right. If we can't, I mean, honest to goodness, if we can't actually treat the people we work with with right. that level of respect and that level of empathy and compassion, can we right. do that for
0: the community? Absolutely. I don't think we can. I think it's absolutely think our job to make, make whoever feel comfortable wherever the fuck they're at. Absolutely. That for sure. And I, I think maybe that's a good start. You know, you, to kind of
3: I, I agree. I was gonna say and I kind of the idea kind of slipped me when we we're talking about so I wrote it down. Um internally as a department, what I would like to honestly see, and I don't think that's as far fetched, but I'm a movie guy, so you guys seen the movie The Warriors, right? Oh yeah. That opening scene when those dudes are like, Can you dig it? you know, right? Yeah. When you got everybody of every different quote unquote little Group, subgroup, factions, whatever. Maybe in our case, a finagre's, whatever. All together, right? And so I was at the union meeting. I think it's, Tim, when you were running. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was sitting next to um, uh, Eddie Berline. And I was sitting there and I was talking to him. And I said, like, my vision, you know. And I, I just just looking at the whole deal. And I said, Eddie, I said, until we get to the point where our union board is a reflection of our department and the community in which we serve, I said, we won't truly know how to navigate this space right now, right? I looked at the union guys and I was just like, there can be some movement here. We can have a woman on that board. We can have a man of color on that board. We can mix this up. We can make our union look like a representation of our department. And it should be. And it should be, yeah, right? Should be and then you truly get the, 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 the viewpoints of every single walk of life. And then it's a true you know, in a true conglomerate of everybody pulling together and these ideas and I said there and he said well you know what, Roy we need guys like you to step up and do it and I and, I, and that. that was one of the things that I said and I was like wow and so this was at the time when Tim was presenting you know why she was running and I was just thinking to myself the day we get there there's gonna be a good day because that means we all gonna be clicking on all cylinders you know what I mean um,
1: you know, what about that could be bad
0: right
3: there's, there's, there's all upside.
0: Do I have to listen to Roy all the time?
3: I would just be. A, I'm just the AV guy, bro. I would just learn how to do this. I wouldn't want to be on a. I would just help uh, organize things. That I don't want to speak. I'll,
4: I'll call them bullshit.
3: <laughs> but uh, that, that's kind of like my vision, man. Can you dig it? Right. Yeah. You know, we should be together, sitting together, bouncing ideas off of one another, in the right direction, um, and so i'm looking forward to that day and i think it'll happen in before i leave this place you're yeah. supposed to leave your place
0: better. well yeah i think you see pockets of like like in the fitness program it was i in my opinion very well represented of every background there was no male question. female and we, we we even went out and like hey man we got to get a girl in here like we don't right. have a girl in here and right. we actively found the right girl that could physically you know be there and, and like be a be an all-star. And then we had brothers and Mexicans and right. white guys and fucking Asians and everything else like so that that's always the world that I've been around. Right. And I don't know why we can't fucking why why that has has to be such a hard thing. Maybe the unions a little bit harder cuz they're a lot, a lot more um what's the fucking word I'm looking for, Chris? Like like a lot more specific on who they want. Right. So I like I don't Well, yeah, think...
1: but but the vast majority of them get get into a union position through an election. And that's right, you right.
0: know a, a popular
1: election, yep. right. and so that's almost all of them start there. And I can't think of one who actually hasn't started there. But I'm going to make the assumption that all of them have to. Gotcha.
2: Right. Part of it is uh, the part that all put on us is you know for and I I've always went to union meetings because I'm cause I like to know information. Like I don't I the shit that goes around the chow table the rumor shit I, I don't prefer. So <laughs> I, prefer, I, I prefer all of it, actually. <laughs> well, you want that smoke? <laughs> so, you know. Oh. And it, it ain't a lot of people that look like me that go to union meetings. Yeah. So if you don't go to meetings, the odds of you running are low. Mm-hmm. The odds of you winning are low. So we have to commit to the organization, but also... It's the organization's job to make us feel welcome, like you said. At the that stations.
3: Is, you hit the nail so, on the head. So okay. for
2: for me, I went and I had to be comfortable in that environment, and I was fine because I have my bi- background. But not all of us have my background, and maybe don't feel comfortable doing
0: Being what there. I did. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, power numbers, right? Show, you absolutely. Know, show up with more absolutely. friends or or whatever.
3: So. And, and I think that culture can easily be 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 swayed. This notion that you know, union means are kind of like standoffish or it's like they're doing their thing, and you know, I've never been to one, so, <laughs> yes,
2: <I can't> stop. <laughs> so you should go. <laughs> Thank but, you, Jim. But, yeah,
3: you Thank what, but you know what I mean? Like, so it was for me going. I was like, wow, this is okay. It, it kind of you know, you see movies, kind of reminded me of like this Jimmy Hoffa kind of like rah, rah, everybody. Was, I'm like, oh, wow, okay, it's really going down in here. Um, but there there should be this onus on uh, the entity or, like you said, to feel, to make all walks of life within this profession feel comfortable. Like, there should be a call. It shouldn't be, oh, there's a union going on. It's kind of just like, uh, there should be like this kind of battle cry. Hey, this involves everyone. Yep. It, it should be important to everyone because the union affects every single person and it should be made that way so when guys come in they know oh heck yeah i'm getting into a union that's going to fight for this and yada 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 yada. juxtaposed to this notion oh yeah we have a union and
2: and we we make it part of our interview process right Right, right. like usually every everybody that comes through acknowledges the union and this is a black white mexican brown yellow green issue you know we don't have people that 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 support the union, right? And for all the stories out there, or whatever, everything that I've seen is on the up and up. Those Mm -hmm. guys commit a ton of time away from their families for people who a lot of times sit around the shout table talking shit about them.
3: Amen. And not
2: calling them. Absolutely. Even the people that they help. Yeah. So, so you know, I. This is that's a whole different conversation. The union, right. but uh, if if we want to be involved, we got to show up. That yeah, part's on us. Uh, and then, as a as a local as well as a department, we have to feel or we need to make sure all our members feel like they're a part of our brotherhood. Right. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I, and again, I think that starts.
2: The company officer level. yeah
0: and yeah. it starts in the Academy at the station and if you're not promoting uh, cohesiveness and 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 that fucking you know having a diverse crew with diverse backgrounds is a positive thing then fuck you
1: well I'll right. take it a step farther so it's the most powerful position in the Phoenix Fire Department always has been always will be who teaches us captain right? who teaches our new recruits <laughs> right Company officers, R2 who manages our fire stations and the environment in which we all work, company officers. officers, and so uh, they are—they're um, the linchpin. Uh, they're the linchpin to doing it right, and they're the linchpin—linchpin linchpin to changing whatever needs to be changed. So and. It, it, There will be plenty of people that go along with them and work within within the movement that believe you know whatever it is we're trying to change but those company officers will drive it chief officers aren't managing those fire stations and chief or they are but from a distance they're geographically isolated they're uh, i'm not with my crews every day all day and but the company officers are Mm. and uh and so that's why (laughs) i think our training programs our testing programs have to be able to elicit the uh, the best company officers because those are the people you want or, the, or that are going to be in that position. So you want to, you want the best caliber of people being able to make that decision, and uh, whoever whoever that is, it doesn't
2: matter. And, and we have good people, but a lot of like when I have a rover come through and I give them my expectations talk. And they say thank you because nobody does it that's a problem because we all sit in our interview and we talk about how we're going to do that and based on my experiences from actually doing it i don't know how much it i can tell you it don't happen often because i work or i used to see them on uh rescues as a medic often and Seven times out of ten, I'm talking to the captain, or I'm initiating, hey, you know, what do you need from me today? Right. But, you know, we we got good people. I think we just forget as captains we get paid to do that shit. You get paid to be uncomfortable. Like, that's, to me, literally you get paid to, uh, I got to say something about this dude doing X. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. which isn't always fun, but literally that's why you get paid, in my opinion.
1: But it does give you a sense of satisfaction when you see,
2: uh,
1: when you see your company or your station or whatever, working like in a in a real way. Mm-hmm. That when people number one people want to come work there. Number two that that when you when it's actually time to go to work, you know how to go to work, and it's it's pretty and they, and people get treated the right way they come back because they get treated well or they want to come back because they get treated well so
0: what are your guys' thoughts on because because this question came up to me on the people that are apologizing just kind of blanket apology for shit like you know whether it be you know other public safety members or 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 politicians or leaders or stuff like that it's like hey i'm sorry for i'm like what are you sorry for for
2: like just a generic yeah, apology. yeah like yeah. like 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 I've
0: seen some shit I'm, I'm just sorry. like what the fuck? <laughs> like? Right. I'm sorry for like do we do we need to start apologizing for fucking everything yeah. now or I mean what are your guys' thoughts on that stuff
2: I don't need an apology for you from you or anybody else that says hey I'm sorry you have to deal with whatever is going on in my life because because I'm black. Uh, you know, action is cool. You know? For sure. <laughs> and I, I get, <laughs> to a certain extent, I get it. Because I've gotten half dozen calls from white guys trying to get a grasp of what they should do or shouldn't do. Which I understand. Because they're, you know, this is... It's a touchy subject. So, uh,
1: I, I, I got an opinion about that. Yeah. Are they, uh, is that, and, and I think they, based on what you're telling me, I think they genuinely care, but again, it's putting the problem back on you. What am I supposed
2: to do about it? Right. So, yeah, I, I just left somewhere, and so, so we get asked this question sometimes, how do, how do, how do we fix racism? Specifically, we'll just say white supremacy, right? Uh I don't know. you That's your issue.
0: That's not like... <laughs> yeah, you didn't cut, You didn't <laughs> start it. Yeah, yeah. Like, well stated, and, my and, friend. And, and, uh, and I, I started killing you motherfuckers. And, right. Right. and like
2: I... I think I mentioned this earlier, but there's... A, uh Brian Willingham, he talked to me, and he, he says... Hopefully he doesn't mind me sharing this. But for me it was powerful that he said it. He says, Tim, I was raised by my grandfather and he was racist. So he is first acknowledging there's a problem and he can put a a person to the problem. We get I was listening to Bomani Jones the other day and he was talking about this issue with uh Uh, George Floyd, and he says they keep talking about the systemic issues, which there is a systemic issue, right? But when you call it systemic, it's kind of floating in the ether. First, you got this cop. Like, the cop is the issue. Then you got the three other cops. Then you got the police department. Then then it becomes systemic. But let's... It's Focus hundreds. It could be hundreds yeah. of layers deep. Right, right. Uh, man, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. But anyway, Brian acknowledged that he had it in his family. He knows what it looks like. He's seen it before. Right. Like, and I don't, you know, I didn't grow up in a white household, so I don't know what it's like. I don't know if it's not there a lot. I don't know if it is a lot. I don't know if it's your cousin across the country or your uncle around the corner or whatever. But uh, we need our white counterparts to fix that on their end. We can't fix it for you. Right. I'm not going to tell you there aren't some black people that hate white people. There are. Uh, And and we have to talk to those people to find common ground to get them to, to let some shit go. Right but we've been asking
0: that ain't the minority problem, communities <laughs> yeah, to forgive for i mean that's a i mean you're acknowledging the fact that that there's work to be done on both sides which is a fucking big thing it's not like hey it's just it's not just a one-sided fucking right. thing it's it, it's a problem we all need to kind of fuck i mean whether whether it be more lopsided on one side or Yeah, like, I don't think it's equivalent by yeah, any no, structure like, yeah, like I don't think so either but you know but the fact that you know that you can acknowledge that, yeah we all have some shit we got to work on Right. Together. it's,
2: it's Kind of like, so when people bring up black-on-black black crime when we're talking about this police brutality. Right, uh, I hate that. Does that, which, that happen a lot? Yeah, it that. that's one of the it's Just go to Chicago. It's just, a, yeah. Owens, it's yeah. just a distraction is right. how I see it because people kill who they're around. <laughs> there's white-on-white white crime, right. there's black-on-black, brown-on-brown, black, brown, whatever you want right. to call it. Uh, or they'll bring up that cops kill more white people. Yes, they do because there's more fucking white people. Right. But if you look at proportions,
3: statistically,
2: they're killing more of us
3: through history. Right.
2: Right. Uh, but they use it as a as a, what I see is a distraction. Let's talk about this.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Or, we can get into Black Lives Matter. It's, it's,
3: a, it's a justification. Right, and they come up with this justification, like right, you know, how does, I'm I'm still at that point, Tim, because I've been asked that same question. Well, more brothers kill other brothers, and I'm just like, wait, why are we talking about that right now? We're talking about an issue between. Police brutality, where this gentleman was this on this, you know what I mean? So,
2: and that is a conversation that could be well, it could a, occur, but it goes back to all that education shit I talked about earlier with yeah. my buddy. What? Right. Like,
0: why are those people killing each other? Well, it's almost a stupid question. Like, how do you feel about black on black crime? I fucking think it's awesome. It should right. happen more often. Yeah. <laughs> right? It, it's a fucking stupid right. question. Like, absolutely. Yeah, I don't. know if, Yeah, I don't fucking agree with it. Yeah, our. Uh, I don't want our people killing each other. Fuck right. no, I don't want that. Right. Yeah, I but how does that impact? It? No, I know. How does it make it okay? At <laughs> it's all? a stupid question. That, right. Yeah, fuck. It's, it's just like
3: I don't. It's know. a fishing question. It's like Tim said. I think it's a great distraction question to again change the narrative of what's in our face, which is this issue of racial inequality or this issue of this division, which has been there for a long well, time. I
0: mean, people are gonna just disagree whether you're black or not like like I saw uh, something on Facebook or something or somebody sent me something where there was that that cop it it, it had to be somewhere down south and 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 a female black chick was like you're not gonna kneel and he's like I only kneel for one for one person and that's Jesus he's like Like right. like like I'll stand here with you. Right, right. I'll support you, but I'm not gonna kneel. Like yeah, that's his fucking that's his choice. Prerogative, yeah. Right. So it's like, like like everyone's gonna have their fucking opinion whether whether you're from the same race or not. Right. You know what right. I mean? So yeah, to me that one's that's a little fucking. Tim, you
3: kind of alluded to it. Um, you're talking about like the the Black Lives Matter movement. You said you, we could put, potentially get into it, and um, only reason I bring this up is because I've been in a station where a guy has accused the Black Lives Matter movement as being the same as the Ku Klux Klan. And I kid you not verbatim, and I looked at him and I said, so you mean to tell me a movement that was started in opposition of the senseless slaying and killing of men and women of color by law enforcement is the same as an entity that's been around since the beginning of time who <laughs> prides himself in hatred, bigotry, fear-mongering, and just destruction? That's the same? And he looked at him I said, yeah, you might want to refrain from making ignorant comments like that. <laughs> <laughs> and he just looked at it he was just—he swallowed himself. And it was cool because the captain pulled me aside later and said, "Hey, Lewis, you handled that perfectly, young man. You didn't get flustered. You didn't elevate. You didn't give it power. You just kind of nipped it in the bud with, you know, with facts, and you shut him down. And so that was—I was saying that to say that there's this misconception about what's going on and." why there's this movement out there and I'll be the first to say the reason why people and men and women of color say black lives matter is because and it's not to negate that there's always this counter well all lives matter.
1: Yeah. Why, is know, it, but why does it have to be I, binary? I,
3: I, right, right. It's like, well, all, I, it's like the reason why there is this movement is because never in the history of America has truly a black life really mattered on a grand scale, right? From the time we concepted this place, the black life has never mattered, right? And so the notion that there's a, it's a pun, it's a play on words, black lives matter. We want people to recognize and know that, hey, we're, we're an entity. We're just as much a contributor to this nation as the next man, you know what I mean? Every man and woman of color. And it's not to just say, hey, only black, but statistically, yeah, historically, the black life has never mattered. And again, we go back through, from way back when, sixteen nineteen, you know, and even now there's, 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 there's rhetoric in our Constitution that literally says it, right, um, to this day that has yet to be amended. So um, I hope people don't miss this idea that this is not saying that the black life is greater than anyone, but it's just saying, hey, where are all these, whenever someone else, and I've always found this, 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 uh, this notion weird to me, Paris, something happens in France, everybody pray for Paris, pray for New Zealand, pray for the LGBT, where's the sign that says, let's pray for our fellow black Americans that's next to us right now, where's that sign, or where's that same energy, you know what I mean, and it's not to say, hey, we're going to ever see that, but I long to see that, I long to see, hey, that same energy, that same rhetoric as we do when someone else, we're so quick to, you know, as a society jump on a bandwagon for someone else, but we leave our own brother hanging. And I think, uh, I think Tim could probably agree. I think that would be a cool thing to see. Like, you know what? Right on. I think we're we're kind of
2: we're starting it. to see it now. Right. But it, the the anti protest stuff to me. Has been funny, just based on like this country was founded because of taxation, protest, without representation, <laughs> and and they went over there, they talked to the fucking king and said, "Hey, we don't like getting taxed and not having an opinion." Right. He said, "We're still gonna tax you." Then they loot and riot and throw fucking tea in a harbor, <laughs> which was going to serve their community, right? Right. right. And
3: then Christmas addicts get shot.
2: (laughs) And then they start a whole war over money. Now, there was some rioting, there was some looting, and I don't want to justify that shit, but it was over lives, not fucking money. Right. So, and, and, and if you look at the whole... It's not... Maybe for some people, they're looking at this one issue, but we as a lot of us in the black community look at it as a historical issue like it isn't just this one thing that's why it is as well as when you throw your own life experience into it that's where the pain hurt and all that shit comes from
0: so like that actually brings up like the writing thing was a question that, the, like, that came up, and like the mayor of Atlanta, like she, like she got up there and said, "This is not how we fucking do it." Right. I have some friends that grew up in their projects in New York, black couple, you know, they grew up poor as fuck. Now they're PhDs, smart people, educated, successful, very successful people, stuff like that. Their opinion is, "This is not how we fucking do it." Like, like, right. like, what your guys' opinion on it?
3: I, I think, I think there's this uh, part of me is like you want to do it the peaceful way, right? You yeah. know, like you want to do it the way that the constitution says, or you want to be cordial and you want to have reverence to your fellow man. And then part of me, the other side is like, man, burn it all down. Start all over, tear it down. Start. This was built on a bunch of lies and a bunch of fraudulent things. You know what I mean? Like, And never would I condone writing, but again, I always think about the notion that in order to get the attention needed sometimes you got to create a little chaos and i and i laugh because i was watching the dark night and I, and it was the heath ledger part the scene he's like it's not about the money it's about sending a message you know what i mean and so when i hear uh this double standard of oh my gosh they're riding or looting or yada 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 and they're tearing down their own community and i think to myself well when we did it peacefully there was nothing that was hadn't or even when our white counterparts would do the same thing. Oh, they're just being college kids. There's always a justification going back to Chief. There's the same notion of justification. Everyone else can do it, but yet when men and women of color, and particularly Africans and Americans, do it, there's an issue. There's an issue when we peacefully protest, there's an issue when we silently protest. There's an issue when Rosa Parks sits on the back of the bus and says, No, I'm not moving. You know, there's this issue. Is that as ed- powerful? The, absolutely. There
0: is, as Rosa Parks said, you know, refusing to sit absolutely. in the fucking back of the bus, then, 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 then smashing some shit up and whatever. Uh,
3: you know what? For each time frame and for each specific uh, uh, situation, there is the right way to do it, and I think we try to find the right way to do it. You know, Rosa Parks, she took a stand. The boycotts, right? 37 days, some 300 some days. She
1: wasn't looking for the right spot, though, right? No, it's happening right now because it's happening right now. I'm fed
3: up. I'm not going back there. I'm sitting right here right now, right? And so, um, again, I'm at this, I'm torn because, again, part of me wants to do it the right way, but then part of me knows that doing it the right way, people have been assassinated trying to do it the right way. Brother Martin Luther King preached doing it the right way. They took him out. And they admitted it. Yeah, we assassinated. Malcolm X took a little bit more militant approach. They said, this man is like a black messiah. You know, he could ratify and electrify and that was deemed a threat just based off of, you know, the idea that he could get people together to say, you know what, there's injustices and we need to to put a voice to it. They took him out. You know what I mean? So part of you wants to say, let's do it the right way. But then another part is, hey, man, we need to get this ball rolling and maybe getting the ball rolling alongside of our uh, not only our brothers and sisters of color, but our white counterparts and our friends, and just the people who are humanitarians. Like, this is what it needs to get this I've seen initial it
0: push. Kind of both ways, like that. Absolutely. Like that sheriff in Flint. Like to me, that was a fucking powerful thing that that guy did. He he's right. like, "I'm putting down right. the helmet. I'm putting down the baton. Like, I'm right. with you. Like, right. I want to stand with you guys. Let's right. fucking walk. Like, I think there's more positive ways to do it because Absolutely. I don't. I don't. Like, like diluting and rioting, that's one thing. But when I hear the black lady that they can't get her fucking meds now because it right. got fucking smashed, and she's in right. and, and the nearest CVS is 35 miles away wow. from her fucking house, and right. she doesn't drive, right. that's the, what drives me fucking insane. Like, yeah, like the sheepdog in me goes, you're fucking not helping some of these people that need the fucking help, man. Right, you're literally taking it away from. Them. So I, I get what you're saying. And I don't, it's like, God and, and again,
3: Brandon, I don't think that there's this They're notion not thinking that, about it. there's this notion that, hey, we're gonna go tear up our community. It's just this rage, just like you see red, it's like, you know what? I just want to break something out of frustration. And the right. first thing I see, I'm gonna break it. And so yeah, unfortunately in most urban and so lower socioeconomic communities in the, in the ghetto in the hood they're going to destroy it first they're not they just want to go outside and just express as much fury and sometimes those expressions of rage come few and far between man we don't have chances to really express that every day when you know you're a man woman of color in society you suppress a lot you deal with a lot you bite the bullet a lot every day of your life you're swallowing that pill that you know what I'm presumed guilty until, or this presumption of guilt until proven innocent, right? I don't get, we don't get the benefit of the doubt. Tim doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. I don't get the benefit of the doubt. And it's unfortunate, but those are the rules of engagement that we've grown up in and we've come to understand. And we don't even question it. Like, like you know, we talked about earlier, Chief, like me and Tim are going to have talks with our sons about how to interact with law enforcement, though we both have members in our family who are law enforcement, we still have to have that conversation. You know what I mean? Where our counterparts at work, we talk about parenthood and father. I don't think they're having those same conversations. Well,
0: well they're not having the conversation with their kid. Like when you get pulled over for the first time, this is how you're going to fucking act. Absolutely. I'm not. Absolutely. I've got a 17-year-old
1: who's driving now, who's got some freedom, <laughs> sure. right. and I don't have to have that conversation with Right,
3: me. right, right. And so that's just crazy. So I don't think, I hope, People don't misinterpret the message that they're just destroying their community, and I hear this a lot. I'm just saying to myself, but that's where the message gets lost. That's where the message gets lost. lost. You have no idea what it's like to be, you know, a man of color here in America. Sometimes, and every every day is not the same. Some days are better than others, but overall, there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of pent up, you know, not, I won't say even aggression. I'd say there was a lot of just questions on why. Why are things this way? Why do we have to deal with this? Why is this even an issue for me and it's not for my my counterpart? Why do I have to acknowledge things in this manner? Why do I have to think about things before I have to, I have to think before I speak, right? I have to be calm. I don't want to come across this way. And there's all these parameters in which we have to fit into in order to just live a normal life where most people don't even take those into consideration, you know what I mean? So... These rules are kind of like these unwritten rules that we abide by, or what. So it's really
0: just like just mere fucking frustration. They're, it's a lot of they're, frustration. They're not thinking about who they're hurting on the backside. No. It's just it's just years of pent it's up. It's just a
3: moment of rage. Like I
0: get, like let's go burn down the Minneapolis fire department, um, police department. Like I get that. Like let's take it out on that fucking building. But like right. some of that small business shit, it's right. like man, right. fucking. And then
3: and, and even with that too, the opposite side of the coin is small businesses. You're insured, right? Uh, I'm not saying you should people should be out there destroying businesses, but are you telling me that your materialistic things that are going to be covered by that insurance policy tomorrow are more important than a person's life? There are people outside with guns and yeah, like ready to I, go to
0: war. I would just, say it goes beyond that because no. it, because if you came in here right. and destroyed this fucking building my guys can't go to work the next day
3: absolutely they can't
0: go service the houses that means that means we don't collect checks from 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 clients that means we don't fucking make a payroll which means their kids don't get to eat absolutely that's that's the kind of shit where I'm like oh man that's like that's you know that there is a rippling effect across stuff like that but but,
2: and I agree and that's terrible Change didn't occur even in the 60s until it started affecting people economically. For sure. Mm-hmm. With the with the uh, bus boycotts and stuff like that, That's like they. Is. And I don't want. Hell, it made a pandemic go away, Tim. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The economy made a
0: pandemic <laughs> <Right>. disappear until <laughs> right. it didn't.
3: Right. Absolutely. I,
2: I don't want anybody to not be able to provide for their right. family. I don't condone the looting and rioting, but as I said in my story about the founding of the country, like I understand, and I don't understand how my uh my countrymen that complain or proclaim to be super patriotic don't see the correlation right. whatsoever right. when one was about money. Right. Cause that's what it was about. If you really read it and, and understand it. And this is about, I don't want to have to worry about my son being killed when he doesn't have to be right. Right. You yeah. Know, because he, even if he does something wrong, if he crosses the street the wrong way or whatever the case may be, if you don't have to kill my son, don't kill my son. Right?
0: And, I, and I will say the looting shit is um, skewed or not understood because I have a friend that owns um, a buddy of mine. His, his good buddy owns uh, a, a gear store up on the second floor of, of um, Sky So Fashion Square. So he showed up that day, when they're looting that shit, you know, with a Louisville slugger and just stood outside his store. I guess he's a big guy, six five, two six up like that. Nobody came to his store. But what he what he said, which was which which I think people are neglecting or maybe not wanting to hear, is fifty percent white, twenty five percent black, twenty five percent Hispanic in their twenties, that's that's all that's where all the people that were doing the fucking looting. The looting. So i think a lot of that like opportunists yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh. he, and and a lot of african-american people are 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 getting a bad rap because they're it's like not it's not fucking african-american people they're they're doing all the looting right. There's other fucking opportunists that that are out there smashing and grabbing shit no as question. well
1: well in my head it's another justific it's another fucked up justification
3: absolutely yeah. and, and we've even heard the, the this notion and this notion has been played around for years about the, the implementation or planting of things to help destroy urban communities, right? And so we talked about, you know, back in the 80s, oh, they put the government put drugs and guns into communities, right, and crack and this and yada, yada. And now we're seeing these pallets of pavers and bricks and rocks being set up around in different cities. Are you seeing insurgents being put in to go around and bust up windows? Like mm-hmm. I saw a situation where it was a cop actually breaking windows and someone pointed out, hey, man, you're a cop. <laughs> get this dude! Like you're out there perpetuating this this narrative that yeah. this men and women of color out here are looting and doing these things, and it, it just sucks because again, you never get to see the true viewpoint of it. It's always just skewed or whatever, yeah. slanted. It's going to be presented in there. Is an,
0: there is an evil agenda that is using this this movement to That's their benefit catalyst. for Absolutely. sure? Absolutely, and for sure,
2: nobody ever likes the people that truly make the change. Like yes. there's a quote. I saw recently from uh, Martin Luther King's daughter, and it's something like 70% of uh, white people, or he was the most hated man in America, hated. I read, I read that, yeah. By like 70% of people in the country. You got a Gandhi quote right there. The Brits didn't give, give a fuck about Gandhi, right? <laughs> right, right. MLK, like... Right. Even uh, Muhammad Ali back in the day right. when he wouldn't go Very to the right? Absolutely. And, and and what in '96 he's lighting the uh, torch for right. the Olympic show, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and and hopefully to tie it back to the Kaepernick thing, that's what people are gonna remember. They didn't listen yeah. when mm-hmm. he was trying to do a peaceful protest. And they need to blame themselves in a way for this looting and shit. Because if we had tried to start solving the problem then, and that's even late if you think about it. Right.
0: Well, I think anything past the 1900s is fucking away. <laughs> or maybe before yeah, yeah. that. A- A- it's fucking real late. Right. Like, then, right. then we don't have looting. <laughs> then right. we don't have rioting. <laughs> right. That's right. not Mexican time. That's not black time. That's like some other kind of like alien time. Right. <laughs> it's, right. it's way fucking old. Right. So um,
1: I know. So you guys are dads. And uh, Tim, your kids are younger. and uh, Roy I think you've got an older son right I got a yeah
3: I got a 13 year old -old, older girls and I got two babies
1: so so at what point do you have to start introducing these ideas that we've talked about to your kids and trying to protect them
3: (sighs) that's a good question I mean it has to happen I mean you hope that it happens kind of through osmosis but you know at least for me personally in my household being a son of an educator um being an education major myself I try to, to teach those things through the course of their life you know self-worth understanding history understand how things work you know what I mean understanding how to maneuver right how to code switch it's all about that for me at least um, and I don't know if there's a specific age, but I do know that I even had this conversation with my wife. I said, you know, babe, uh, unfortunately, at some point, our sons are going to go from, look at this cute little biracial kid, to he might be a threat to me. And I said, that's an issue that you can't tackle because you don't understand what it's like to be a young black male. And I said, I have to teach them those rules of engagement. I have to have that conversation Not that go over." Well, she's Asian. <laughs> I
0: know. She's Asian. So she, <laughs> That's I'm asking. Yeah, she's, <laughs> yeah,
3: she gets fired up. You know what I mean? But she understands, you know? And, yeah. and it's one of those deals where she can't really overstep that boundary because she doesn't know. And I said, hey, if anything. Oh, but she's in,
1: protective, right? It, you can't, that instinct is there, but the perspective, I guess. I ab- hear what ab- you're saying. Ab-
3: absolutely. So there is no right age. I guess it's just something that we, uh, uh, men and women of color, and particularly black men, especially, it's just something that we do, and it's our responsibility not only for our kids, but even the next young man that we see. You know, every uh, Tim taking me underneath his wing in, in the fire department, it's showing me how to navigate this space. You know what I mean? I'm sure he's done it with other guys, and I'm gonna reach back and do the exact same. And so, it's it's a lifelong process, at least for myself, and I can't speak for other men, other brothers, but I would venture to say it's the same in our, in our realm as well
1: is it conscious or subconscious
2: it's conscious yes, uh, yeah probably. I my eldest boy is is biracial as well his mom's Mexican um and
1: how old is he Tim
2: he's eight he's eight okay uh and then I my mother my, my daughter's nine and then I have uh twins that are two and a half and a an eight month old girl you're not uh, fucking around. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> the probably as soon as my son <laughs> was going to preschool, he knew he was black from me, uh, and I think it starts there. Because uh, if the if you figure out from the world, you're not going to figure out in a positive way, right? Uh, it's a protection thing, yeah. right? You know, that's
0: where I, it's coming from. I'm going to protect you from anything that can hurt you. Mm-hmm. I,
2: in preschool, I remember vividly coloring myself brown, because I'm a medium complected me brother. You, we're about to say, yeah, we're close. <laughs> and I had a kid tell me I was black, and I didn't, you know, right. I didn't have that concept, and I don't want my son to or daughters to 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 find out from anybody but me, and I want to be the one to show them what black is. Because right. it isn't everything you see on TV. Right, It isn't everything that you, you know, even even that you see in the community or whatever. Or so, reading the
3: history books. Uh, yeah.
2: And in regards to conversations about the police and things like that, it's prompted some things with my son, um, but I'm careful... On how I talk to him about it now, because he's not ready to understand right, right. it, right. and I don't want him to go out the house talking about every cop's gonna kill him. Right,
3: being literal. Right. I
2: don't, right. I don't believe that, but I just have. It's my job to protect my son, just like you protect yours. Mm-hmm. So right. I, I think knowing his identity as a black man is part of it. Mm-hmm. This and is another.
1: I just know that there's conversations I don't have to have.
2: Right. Yeah, and I'm trying to think back on what my dad, but I think it was all taught through shit that happens
0: in your life. Right. Well, plus you got such a big family. I'm sure everybody had a little bit of yeah take on it too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like takes a village. Yeah, for sure. There's another tough question that's out there, and this and this is not my opinion or whatever, but like uh, some of those people you know that I'm talking about that were raising the projects and and, and grew up and stuff like that. They and same thing with that Candace Owens. Like she has and and they have. An issue with with how some people raise up criminals in Black society to be the martyrs of like of stuff, and like they their issue is they paint a a picture of someone that maybe isn't true when 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 they should be raising up a Martin Luther King, Uh, a Colin Powell, Will Smith, something like that instead. Like, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Is this in reference to George Floyd, pretty Mm -hmm.
2: much? Well. First off, when anybody dies, I don't think we go through, and uh, unless it, you know, when they when Hitler killed himself, uh, they weren't saying nothing positive about him. But when anybody right. dies, yeah. You you focus on their positive, right? Even Something if you, you like. got somebody in your family that passes, it was an asshole. Right? You don't get up at the funeral. <laughs> 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 Uncle so and so, he was a real yeah. Guy. yeah. My dad yeah.
0: says uh, <laughs> it's not a real Mexican funeral unless someone's fighting in the parking lot over. It. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh,
2: it goes like they would have said Martin Luther King was a asshole back then they right. did say yeah they did that. so, <laughs> they did. so right. Absolutely. who were we supposed to lift up then right yeah um i'm not saying mr floyd was a fucking saint but he should be alive like right. i know that's yeah that's, yeah i'm not yeah, saying no uh,
0: and they're not saying he should be dead either like they're just saying like 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 why can't we we portray our people in a better light, that are doing better things. Right. And and
3: I think that stems uh from this notion that there's always been power in the message, right? Society has always portrayed this notion and this message of a derogatory slant on men and women of color, right? Uh particularly black men, right? And the woman, a black woman is even lower than that. And so I listened to that young lady Candace and I and I heard her 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 talk and I just said, Wow, she has so many flaws. And yet she has like almost this like this reverse aggression. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And it baffled me for her to it baffled me for her to say things like this myth of police brutality and And I said, Young lady, it's not a myth. It's right in front of you. Yeah. You've seen it. Whether or not you made it out or whether or not you've made it to this prestigious place in life, this still exists. It it doesn't give you mm-hmm. a reason to say that. It doesn't exist because you found a way to elevate above it. You know what I mean? And so a lot of times it takes uh, something tragic in order to bring awareness to something. And it's not that, hey, guys are in George Floyd. We're trying to celebrate his life. And this has sprung because of it. And so I had a lot of... He's the spark. He was the spark. He okay. was the straw that broke the and camel's And we couldn't heart.
2: control who... He was gonna be right. Like if it was Colin Powell, right? Yeah, sure. Hey, I we, mean, more than likely, they're not in North
0: Scottsdale doing that to a black guy, <laughs> right? Right. You know, right. So Absolutely. Like, and, like, I get it. And, and and
3: even more so, going back to the power and the message, you don't see many positive images of black men. Like you said, look at Martin Luther King, a great example, a preacher. Well, you two are willing to go above and beyond, and yeah. yet at one point in society, he was deemed the villain, right? Well, to like a rational person, absolutely, right? A
0: rational person, Uh, he's probably not the villain. Absolutely,
3: but still, in society, it has been because of, you know, his sin, he has been deemed not good. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter who or where it happened. It just so happens that Mr. Floyd lost his life, and it caused it was a catalyst to the spark of what we're seeing now. And so, I find it kind of hurtful that that young lady would get on there and say, "Well, we don't, we don't uphold or herald these." professional neuroscience you know are these surgeons are these astronauts and men and women of color who are doing prestigious things and it's like well why don't those guys in that in that realm why, why aren't we showing that more instead we get this and now this is our only example this is what we have you know
0: i mean as i think about it i mean she's she's a little bit um disenchanted or just she's living out like like i think out here because yes i mean it's just a, it's there is a month Right, that is Black History Month. That right. those people are celebrated, right? Right. The, you know the like the colon pals, the, the 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 whoever like that that is there. So so her argument is is a it, little bit it's skewed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and we I thought that too. we
2: do uphold those people right. in yeah. our community. They they uphold us when we show up on a fire truck and this little black kids mm-hmm. that right. didn't think there were black firefighters because that gets that gets said in real life today yep uh
0: well that's why i asked that question because i want you guys to be able to answer that question like no bullshit yeah this he's the spark but we celebrate fucking everybody well so
1: i don't know this i don't i don't i've never actually heard this woman i actually saw her picture but i didn't even listen to her stuff um can 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 somebody make it to that point in life um as a black person and not have experienced? Could, could you be totally blind to it? You,
2: yes, yes, actually. You I can. will say because my wife is uh half black and half white. She grew up in Reno and uh with her with her mom. So she she didn't know the black side of her family very well at all growing up. And it wasn't until her mid to early 20s till she started seeing things or, you know, one day I'm pushing my son in a stroller down the street, getting off a shift. I'm going to my parents who were right around the corner. I still got my uniform shirt on. A cop down the way is like, quit fucking moving. Stop. And I look, I'm pushing a stroller, mind you. Wow. (laughs) I'm uh, He's not talking to Do you even know they're talking to you? I, I, oh. f- I didn't think he was. Right. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I keep going about. And it's like 9 in the morning or whatever. And he rolls up on me, starts cussing me out, uh, going off and shit. I'm like, who the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> but I had that. I felt like I could say that because I had a Phoenix Fire Department shirt right. on. Had right. I not.
1: Interesting. Or, a
0: difference. It's point. a little bit of a shield, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: Right. yeah yes, had I, sure. not, no, I get that. I would've, you know, had a different conversation with them. Uh, so she hears a story like that when when we're first dating, and she has some experience in it from her early working, uh, her early parts of her career, and then she she experiences them. But I don't know how old Candace Owens is, but when my wife was about twenty five is when she she really felt the way to some of the stuff that we deal with. And a lot of people don't, you know, they may deal with things and they don't see it as as being that way, and it could be that way. Maybe stuff that's happened to me, I, I uh, misperceive, but I would doubt it, you know, because mm-hmm. I... You know, you. I done been around all white kids doing some shit, and I'm the only one getting fucked with. Right. And I was probably the best kid there, to be honest with you. <laughs> Just <laughs> ask, you. Right. Just right. ask you, I'll tell you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. But uh, it's possible, but I don't know. I don't know. It to me, it's a lot of self hate. But yes, I don't know. And that's mm. a
3: whole nother conversation to get yeah. into. You know, uh, there's like. Chief, there's layers and layers upon uh, this notion of, you know, the post-traumatic slave syndrome, you know, that majority of men and women of color kind of experience in, 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 in society in America. You know what I mean? Like there's things that it's just the way it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it was a traumatic event and that trauma has been passed down generation. It can not be passed down genetically, but it's been passed down generationally. Or tradition, through acts, through well, it's, through society, through perpetuation. It's reinforced daily, you know, daily, daily. weekly, or Absolutely.
0: fucking monthly too. Absolutely. So it's like, well, yeah. Even if it's getting better, if you're like, Fuck, I've been fucked with for six months, and then right. next week you're fucked up, They're like, well, I thought, but maybe, right. maybe not. Absolutely. I'm fucking right back to where you know Absolutely. we we were um, before. So no, I get that. Like I said, a lot of these questions I'm asking are just so you guys can shed light on. The real perspective, because I can't answer the fucking Absolutely. question. Like, and I appreciate know. that. Yeah.
2: And and so we always talk about the black community, but we're all individuals, too. Right. So that's right. why Candace Owens is who yeah. he, she is. Me and Roy probably disagree on some things. And, and it's hard because sometimes because our population is so low. We're speaking for the whole fucking community. Like, Unfortunately, right now, right, yeah,
0: right. So, and, whether you like it or not, like yeah. you're going to be judged on what you're saying today by by everybody. Right. So, but but.
3: And that's the cross to bear. You know, yeah. that's our cross to bear, and and we don't stray from it. We don't run from it. It's just, again, these are the rules of engagement for us that have been set, and you figure out a way to to, to navigate that space within the confines and constraints of, you know.
0: Life, society. What else you guys got? You guys want to talk about anything else? No, I, I just I pretty much been through most I, of
3: the questions. I, I, I again I I'm appreciative of the fact that we're at a place where we can start having these conversations because for so long everyone has turned away from it. It's like, you know, I listened to this older woman. I, you guys are probably seeing her name slips me, but she asked this question to her college class. She says, "How many of you?" Uh, non-persons of color in this class would be willing to change or trade places with a person of color in society and no one raised her hand she said let me rephrase this question if you as a white or a Do non-person pick, of course
0: like can i take four three speed and right and right, right. she said would you <laughs> trade
3: places with someone in particular men and women of african descent in america and no one raised it. she said, which leads me to further believe that we recognize that there's a problem and that we're more than willing to accept it for someone else and not for ourselves. And she said, ultimately, therein lies the problem. You know, we're willing to be silent. We're willing to not use a platform no matter what it is to speak up for those who need to speak up. And so I think we're seeing like kind of a battle cry of everybody kind of speaking up for, you know, hey, that's wrong know yeah. roy's my buddy tim's my buddy or right, yada 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 you know we don't have to like you told me the other day i just have friends i don't say oh i have white friends i have mexican friends i have you know asian friends i just have friends that's it these are my friends these are my people these are the guys that i that i that i click with that that things just roll smooth with and so i'm happy that we're at this point in society and i think that hopefully it's going to continue to push continue to push continue to push and uh we can see some, some real progress. So.
0: I mean, w- w- what I hear a lot from this conversation just today is we we all need to to do a better job of understanding where we're coming from, right?
3: Absolutely. This notion uh, of the idea to me, when I hear the word tolerance, it, it's always rubbed me the wrong way because being tolerant means you're tolerating something, something that you really don't want to do, but uh, I'm going to tolerate it instead of this idea of acceptance. Acceptance comes from a place of love, from heart. Like, I accept you, Chief. I accept you, Tim. I accept you, Tim. I accept you, Brandon. Like, whatever you bring to the table, your experiences, everything, it's a place of love, and it's a place of endearing, and a place of empathy, like Tim talked about, right? Opposed to this notion of tolerance. I don't like to use that word tolerance. So, when we get to the point where we're truly accepting one another for what we bring to the table, no matter what that table looks like, no matter what that journey looks like, and that's when you'll really start to see a shift in everyone you know we're, we're, we come in
0: except so, it. so it's our job to promote that
3: absolutely especially as, everyone
0: as as people that represent the public safety sector absolutely we have a higher calling to promote that to speak up when something's wrong because most of us do or like 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 most people in my circle would say this, no, bullshit, we ain't doing that. Or, right. you know, that's, you know that's, that's, that's the wrong thing to do or say or act in that specific situation. So maybe we all need to be not overly, but hey, if something's wrong, right. fucking say something.
3: And there's never a wrong time to do the right thing. We are all empowered to do that. Even if you're not on the job, it's never a wrong time to do the right thing. And so, and I know that seems kind of like this perfect world, but it's the truth. You know, we're all individuals, like Tim said. We all have decisions, but there's never a wrong time to do the right thing, to speak up,
2: you know? Yeah, the The cool part about what's going on now is uh, people are willing to communicate about this shit or to to hear differing opinions about this shit.
1: So you say yeah. that, Tim, and you, you mentioned that conversation you had, I think you said on Monday. Yeah. Was it productive?
2: Yes. I think we... Uh, I think I learned a lot and I think the people that that I was talking to right. learned a lot. Uh and it's more from the listening than it is talking. So uh, it's it's cool. You're you're doing this thing with us today. Hopefully, some people listen to it and get something out There's of it. There's five or six people that actually listen to this. <laughs> my mom, ma- my mom's gonna listen to it. My dad, <laughs> my sister. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, Chris <laughs> is gonna download it
0: too. Nice. <laughs> people actually like said, Chris and I had this conversation like like a couple of weeks ago and maybe we were being like right after. Yeah. Right. And, and we're not naive and, and you know us, we ain't fucking scared right, <laughs> to, right. to have a conversation, but we felt like, like, well, what the fuck are we going to bring to the table? You know, to talk about this stuff. And, and it wasn't for, if it wasn't for other black members of, of, of our group saying, Hey man. Yeah. Like, like reaching out to me and saying like, what are you guys going to do, dude? I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting for you guys to have this fucking podcast. I'm like, all right, fuck it. Then let's have it. But I didn't like, like Chris and I said, like we didn't want to jump on the bandwagon. I guess that was like, that was our whole deal. Like, cause it felt like, and it feels like to me, a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon. To self-promote or shit like mm-hmm. that. They're and using it as a marketing opportunity. Yeah, promotion. like the chick is like, "Let me borrow your drill, so I can, you know, show it, you know, that, that shit." Yeah, you know what I, I mean. I saw that. Yeah, that fraud. Yeah, that's. And, and, if, and, and if it's one thing that Chris and I always want to be is have integrity in here and be authentic and not fucking do something because everybody else is doing it. Right. But
3: and, and you can feel that. You can feel the authenticity. You can feel the genuineness. You can feel the empathy. You can feel. Uh, the idea of wanting to learn and grow from these conversations to really get a a snapshot and a bird's eye view of what it may be like you know what i mean and that's all it takes just being open you know we call ourselves continual learners right continue learners this we pride ourselves in constantly learning and so what better medium than the events that's going on in today's society right to learn and to grow and to constantly keep pushing forward so cool deal man
1: well, I can tell you this. If something else strikes you after you leave here, give us a call. Yeah. We can talk more.
0: And and now, I mean, we're getting close to three hours on this thing. We're we're, we're going to wrap it up, but I'm going to let you guys say whatever the fuck you want to. Like, like, what is your message you want to put out to to you know to your fellow brothers and sisters within the public safety realm? Uh, you know, African American people, anybody. Like, like, what message do you want to send to these people today on how we get better moving forward? I know that that's 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 a tough question.
3: It's a it's a very very tough question. Um, I don't think there's a a a right answer or a right message. But I think bouncing back to what we talked about, what Tim talked about, being empathetic, um, being open. um, You know, we took this job because we had a we have a common goal, right? We we all like to help people, and so um, we deal in customer service, right? And Sometimes we overlook our own internal customer service right amongst our brothers and sisters. Um, we put the the, the 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 outside the external customer service above, but we can't truly be as uh, effective externally unless we take care of a home unless we're on the same page amongst our brothers and sisters internally we can't there's no way we can truly be as great as we really could be externally if we have issues amongst ourselves so uh, you know speak up have these conversations um, continue to grow man I think you know be open man and don't be afraid don't 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 push it under the rug don't turn your back you know it's here now let's all look at it in the eye and say how are we gonna fight this together quote-unquote we've been fighting you know men and women of color been fighting we, we never left the battlefield we continue to fight to this day um, but it's good to have uh, our counterparts at least recognize, oh all right, let's jump in a battle, let's fight with them because now we, we get it. We see we see what you guys have been, been been facing.
2: If you're uh if you're still listening to this, you probably believe there is a problem. I don't believe the people that don't think there is a problem would have made it almost three hours into this thing. Amen. But but the the key for me, what I've been saying since since I chose to start speaking up about this stuff is we just gotta have some empathy for the other people we're in the station with and the customers we run on you know that little comment that you think is the that's nothing sometimes it is something Mm -hmm. and it's because you don't empathize with the person that you're talking about uh I, I love the Phoenix Fire Department. It's, it's Is that where we <laughs> work? Oh, my bad. <laughs> no, you could say that. It's, it's, we haven't uh, set it up to this point, but I, I'm glad you said it. It's, it's provided for, for myself uh, when I was a kid, and it helps me provide for my children. Uh, my experiences here have been way more positive than they've been negative. And I said I would help make this place better and make the difference as this podcast tries to do, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. And anybody that, that wants to have conversations about these things or has any questions or whatever, you can contact me, and uh, we can talk. So thanks.
0: What about your – because without a Chris Stewart, without a Brandon Meon, without a Roy Lewis, without a Tim Gammage, it doesn't get better. Like like a group like this, this this is the group that that can affect change as well. Because because I don't think it's your responsibility, Roy, or your responsibility, Tim, solely to try and make things better. I think we, um, um, as a whole, have to do our part. So speaking from a six foot five ginger no soul type of perspective what do you think your role is uh
1: so my role is to um have higher expectations Hmm. my role is to have higher expectations of people who look like me people that are in my uh at my level of the uh, of our organization um and then the people that uh it's my job to teach it's my job to mentor it's my job to do that i'm supposed to have higher expectations or i feel like i they i have to have higher expectations of them i got to have that of myself as well yeah but um so to the point of what's right is right and and so when it's time to speak up i did get a little sad recently to find out uh, i know there was a the meeting of the united black firefighters and there was there were the way it was described to me there were younger members that weren't sure where to go or how to deal with things inside of our fire department. Kind of made me sad a little bit because there is there's a there is a process. there's a real pro there's a there's a formal process and then there's informal ways of handling and and both have their places, right? Mm-hmm. But if there's something real happening that you got to be able to tell your boss and your boss has to be able to react to it. Appropriately with the right with the right level of response, uh, and in handling it in in the ways we handle just any other problem, you know, with it with, with the right amount, and so um, they got to know that they can say something, and and if they if they're actually concerned, they can't say something that really really it bums me out, and it defines a a gap or a failure that has to be fixed. So that's kind of that's where I'm headed. It's it's about expectations for me.
0: And my challenge would be um to our fellow members to society like listen be open put your arm around somebody before you shove them away be willing to have the tough conversation remember um we're all human beings um and that's that's kind of a a thing that keeps coming back to me is like Be a fucking human being like treat somebody like a fucking human being make sure that you're looking out for the downtrodden make sure that you're sticking up for the people that that need to be stuck up for whether it be uh, uh, a person on a call a person in your station uh, you know uh, at a union meeting stick up for those people that absolutely fucking need it and don't turn a fucking blind eye Um, there's to me and it's just my opinion if you want to sit silent and watch something fucking happen, you're just as fucking bad as yeah, the person that's, that's allowing that to happen. Mm-hmm. Make like be be okay being uncomfortable. Be okay, uh, maybe taking some heat, or maybe being a, in a situation where someone's going to talk shit to you or or think poorly about you. If you're doing it for the right fucking reason, and don't ever fucking forget that, because that's what to me that's what this country was fucking born on is is sticking up for those that need to be stuck up for there there's no fucking atheists in a foxhole there are no racists in a fucking foxhole if if it comes down to it i don't give a fuck who's next to me when shit hits the fan i want to know that we're going to handle it however we have to handle it as human beings and we're going to do it for the right fucking reason you guys got anything else
2: no thanks for the opportunity absolutely thank you
3: gentlemen roy it. where can they find you uh you can find me uh on Twitter, <laughs> I'm yeah. uh, no seriously, uh, I'm a rover. You know, um, you can always contact me. I like, I like the organization because I feel like you know, for me, this is it's one big family, one big reunion every time. So I'm open. Anybody can contact me if you need my information. You can find me. Don't I'm call ready.
1: your regular station because you're not gonna be there.
3: Yeah, you know, you're right. <laughs> don't. <laughs> you might catch me getting beat up at some busy place, some busy house, right. but. Uh, i'm always open man and that my that that invitation extends beyond work that's every day man this is this is just who i am so at Roy Lou 34 at Roy Lou 34 on all social platforms twitter ig uh, facebook all that good stuff
0: tim where can i find you uh, i would not know, your
3: phone know on my screen there. name
2: but <laughs> you can email me at timmyg312 at hotmail.com
0: Chris, you're
1: red. Oh, he's fucked. Up. So I'm going to, I'll go, I'll just, I'll say it
2: right here. I was
1: early in my career, I was actually labeled, Kenny Silas gave me the label. He goes, Stu, you ain't white, you're
0: red. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like,
1: okay, I'll, I'll own that, Kenny. That sounds good. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I know what that means. But <laughs> I hope you mean, I hope that you mean that in a good way.
0: <laughs> so you're at Red Peace. Red CP Stew. On, on Instagram on oh, Instagram uh, you, you can find me at Make a Difference Podcast my fucking Insta, my, my personal Instagram is at Brandon Meon. reach out to us there the podcast can be listened to on any social um, any podcast medium Spotify Google uh, Pocket Cast Apple uh, iTunes everywhere Lipson Lipson as well um if you guys have feedback on this specific uh, podcast, give it to us, man. We want to hear it. Like, we, we, we're we okay having the uncomfortable conversation. And if you want clarification on any of our views or anything that we've said today, don't be afraid to reach out to us. I know we didn't get all the questions answered, but I got through most of them that are in front of me that you guys put out to me so i appreciate you guys spurring this this conversation put in uh putting these questions down and roy tim it's a courageous thing to get on here and be able to speak freely and openly about your stance and where you guys are at so i appreciate you guys coming on here and doing that it's an important thing it's an important conversation i'm hoping this spurs more conversation for you guys so people can have a better understanding of where you're coming from and what we all want to be better thanks for
2: trusting us to
0: do it yeah yeah
2: for sure and like brandon said don't just talk shit reach out if you need clarification or whatever yep we can we can have disagreements on certain things and i'm bowling and talk about it so
3: i'm looking forward to kind of revisiting this uh kind of topic this kind of conversation in the next upcoming second half of the year you know it's like halftime yeah it's june you know so we am looking forward to
1: well so here forward. here's the deal let's let's either six months or a year from now let's come back and see where we're at
0: right new studio cool <laughs> yeah will it have ac oh yeah
2: yeah okay sure. good there we go all right
0: everybody thanks for listening we'll talk to you soon see ya